Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. We are officially and fully into the spring 2023 season now. Season 44 of the Glorio blog, if you will. <laughs> oh, baby. We're already already one season away from our 11th anniversary, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, 11th doesn't sound very special at this point, but yeah. Nobody Old enough to drink. Uh, <laughs> n- not. Uh, hmm, I'm checking my notes here. Uh, <laughs> no, you sure? <laughs> I don't think. Not. I don't think. Vote. That's how not to vote. Ah, yes. There you go. Buy cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's how that works. But anyway, uh, yeah. So we've got a bunch of new anime to talk about, and the big. The big name shows this season that we touched on last time that, oh boy, do they have a whole lot going on as well. So we got a lot to talk about. Before we do that, just introduce everybody. I'm Jell, and I'm joined by Iroh. I'm still here. I'm not dead yet. And we're joined by G. I regret to inform everybody that despite... Uh, uh, appearing last in the roll call uh, this time, this podcast. I don't have a good podcast derailing bit to go this time, so uh, Uh I I guess that's the bit this week. (laughs) All right, well, I hope we don't have any technical problems or issues with this recording that would make us have to start over here, because that would never happen, right, guys? Certainly not. Perish the thought. No. Yeah, wink, no. wink. Um, but yeah, we have uh, a lot of anime to talk about. A lot of new shows. <laughs> I, I was uh-huh. thinking, do I need to revive the the uh, cute anime battle royale this season? No. I feel like there's a lot of that going on. Once you cut out all the shows that we usually don't talk about, I mean, there's still plenty of the usual, uh, you know, isekai trash and isekai battle royale. Idol shows and all that, but uh, you know we don't we don't need to talk about all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do need to talk about is the many different uh, rom- romantic comedies <laughs> I've been uh, watching. The gel so nip. Let's let's jump into uh, let's jump into the new shows with my love story with Yamada Kun at level ninety nine 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 hours on persons nine doors. <laughs> not not quite, but uh, okay. I am automatically wary of anything with video games in the title uh-huh. these days because I assume it's going to be. <laughs> who, who is at level 999? Is it, is it Yamada Kun or is it the protagonist? Oh, it's their love for each other. It's oh, okay. Level 999 is how I'm Honestly, if you've hit level 999, you, you, you should prestige already. Well, that could be dangerous with a romantic relationship. But <laughs> anyway. Prestige your romantic relationship. <laughs> yeah, you start over at level, you know, yeah. level one married couple. But you have one a dating. cool emblem now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All the ready to you get a whole ring. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well. Anyway, this show. Uh, I for some reason in my brain I th- just assumed it, if since it was video games it was going to be some kind of isekai thing or whatever. But no. Uh, this is I guess technically a shoujo manga type of deal. Sure. Although okay. 
I would the vibes to me are more like a like J drama, K drama, romantic comedy type of thing. If you guys know the vibes mm-hmm. on that, but okay, like I could very easily see this being adapted to a, like one of those goofy live action school comedy ones. Are they, I'm sure it will in the next yeah. few years if it gains. Yes, in fact, I would. Right. If 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 Takagi San can get a uh, live action, then anything yeah. can. If Tonari no Seki Kun can get a live action, but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. So th- I I actually ended up enjoying this quite a bit. Uh, it's a story. The story is about uh, this girl who she is not a gamer, but she takes up playing this MMO so she can spend more time with her boyfriend, who's into this you know okay. generic fantasy MMO uh-huh. game thing. And well, you know, the free trial goes up to heaven's word. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can play up to level 60, right? Um, but uh, yeah, so she she gets into this MMO a little bit, and then her boyfriend dumps her because he found another girl in the game. Damn. And she is just heartbroken over this. And, you know, as she is kind of moping around, she decides to play a little bit more of the game. And through various circumstances, ends up going to a uh, like a event for the MMO, like a, a like in person event thing, and mm-hmm. she runs into her one of her guildmates who is a hot guy, and oh. he is a he's a he's a pro gamer who plays FPS games, but he plays this MMO on the side, mm-hmm. and uh, you know one thing leads to another, and you get sort of a interesting combination of i guess at its core it is the most like basic boy meets girl heteronormative romance story thing going on where they fall in love by you know doing basic human kindness to each other um Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is fine uh but you inject like 30 percent video games and a lot of dumb anime faces and you know that's a lot of times that's all it takes to get me on board. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I don't want to sell the short show too short because um, I will say it's not a high school show. Okay. They are sure. like adults a bit older. Um, I'm assuming the main girl is in college. So, cause she's got a, well, the first episode she gets flat out drunk, so she's at least twenty because mm. they could you can't show underage drinking in anime, right? Right. And I think the drinking age in Japan is twenty. What was what was that one um like Wotakoi or something a few years ago? Yeah. Well they were like actually like working at an office or something. Okay. Yeah. So and yes, and she does talk about she has like a paper due or something every now and then, but we never really see her school life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and, college is the time to get too invested into an MMO. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing: it's 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 kind of nice that the video game aspect never becomes like the main focus, right? So, like, it's, she it's does sort. Of, I assume it's like what people tend to actually use MMOs for, which is like a socializing tool. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So like she never Glorified gets chat room. Mm-hmm. She never has like the like, oh, wow, video games are really cool. I'm going to like <laughs> my whole life to this type of conversation. Uh, right. Like it's right. just like a thing she does. And like I said, it's probably like it might even be less than 30 percent of the show. Most of it is like kind of mm. uh, 
mixing that into the romantic comedy formula, like, um, as far as like, uh, you know, her meeting up with her guild mates in real life and mm-hmm. how, how that, how, you know, meeting people online has impacted, you know, how you communicate with people and stuff like that. Like they kind of inject those kinds of things into it. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fun show. Um, they, I think my favorite jokes are the ones that are sort of painful video game moments because she's not a gamer and like she so like for example uh the 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 guild has like a like community treasure chest thing right like a shared inventory type like a shared inventory thing and you know the pro gamer guy and one of the other guild members are like she overhears them complaining about how oh somebody keeps putting like all this like level one you know garbage (laughs) equipment in the in the in the in the inventory and I have to clean it out all the time. It's so annoying. And she's just like embarrassed because she's like, oh, oh I put it in there because yeah. I thought it would be helpful to, you know, all the <laughs> the lower level players. And and you know that and she's just right. like it's like super embarrassing because you know no, she yeah, it's, doesn't it's like, know what it's, she's doing. But that, that that's actually not a bad example of like a thing that is very video game related, but plays mm-hmm. on a very real like social dynamic that, yes. right? Like y- you know, the average person might actually not be aware, right? Like it's 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 that reminder that like video games often have very like ritualized like mm-hmm. uh, uh, um like unspoken con- sp- social contracts, you get, like microcultures, right? real like, yeah, micro societies, you know, like. right? Like it's it's you know it's it's the thing of like. You know, like, yeah, you know, just 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 like that type of like video game stuff, right? You know, for example, mm-hmm. I don't know, right? It's like you know, it doesn't matter how how high level the gear is if it's a white, you throw it out, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. But yes, your average person is not going to know the rules that you know, yeah. green green is better than blue, and then purple, uh-huh, and, and then uh-huh. and then right. gold or orange, right? Yeah, yeah gotta, exactly, right. You know, yeah, you eventually hit that point where it's like you know. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, the average person might still go, "Oh, wow, blue, that's pretty nice." M- we meanwhile, you know, the real sickos over here are like, "If it ain't purple, it's uh-huh. Yeah. I don't I can't think of a word that rhymes with purple, so that's that's as far as this bit is going. But yeah, yes. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I mean, think that's like an example of how I think they're doing a good job of like incorporating right, the game aspects into like this being more of about social interaction and relationships than, mm. than video games. So Right, without it like overtaking the 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 yeah. focus. Yeah. So um yeah, so it's a lot of fun. I do have one question that I want to get your guys' opinion on. Because okay. they reveal something in Uh-oh. I forget if it's episode two or three. So Oh yeah. As I mentioned, the main girl is at least 20 so she's probably if she's still in college she's probably like 20 to 22 right in that sure age range okay i assumed the main guy was the same age Uh oh uh until it is revealed that he is in his final year of high school <laughs> so 18, oh is this okay. problematic um is this problematic <laughs> i mean i would say broadly <sighs> you know it might get you a couple of eyes um, once he gra- one, I feel like once he graduates, it, it's it's fine. Yeah, if he's still I, in I, high I, school. I'm like, because mm. I mean, it's like one of those things of like, I mean, at least in my college experience, I saw, I saw seniors dating freshmen, 
and it's right. It's definitely that thing of like you go a oh, word and maybe you keep an eye on it just to see like this isn't like untoward, <laughs> is it? But like it's, it's, if it it's passes, weird because like you know if it passes mm-hmm. the sniff test, then you know by mm-hmm. all means, I guess. It's weird because mathematically it seems okay, probably, right. but like it's just the the place you are in your a, life. You're a high schooler, yeah, yeah. yeah the the, the place mean, yeah, you are in life at that point is very different, uh, right? I mean, here's the thing, right? Like at its face, obviously, it is legal, right? Like I guess that's you know, like sure. You know, yeah, I, I don't know what Japan's like laws are, but you know, last year of yeah, high school yeah. almost guarantees you're like 17 or 18, right? So, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that is the question that is to be asked, right? I think it's definitely more the like unspoken social contract of it, right? right? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, That's what I'm like yeah. it's it's like uh, mentally, right? It's like where it, where's this kid at? You know, it's just it's just weird how like big a difference that makes between like even if she was like a first year in college or something i don't know just mentally it's, it's funny right yeah it's like it, yeah. i think it's because like regardless of how many years of a difference that is it's more about like how much you are learning and experiencing and changing in yeah. those like like specific three to five years right yeah. like it's it's a uh, like most people kind of become very different people by the end of college, right? And it's like, that's only four or five years, but like, you know, that is enough to like dramatically change a person. Um, yeah. Well, I'll just yeah. throw in one more of my, my other favorite jokes was um, they do the the classic, uh, she she runs into her ex-boyfriend at the, one of the game meetups, right? And uh-huh. she's like, hey, hot guy, pretend to be my boyfriend. Uh-huh. And to He's, her ex or to the to, to her to, her, uh, to Yamada so that her ex will be jealous, you know, classic, right, okay. classic. Uh, and he's not jealous because she's dating a hot guy, but he's uh, she's but jealous she's dating because a pro she's gamer, apparently his favorite pro gamers. Yeah, damn, yeah. It's like, damn, it's like, I didn't I didn't know you started dating Daigo Umahara, <laughs> right? Yeah, or, yeah, or whatever Just your well, favorite streamer is, or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah moving up in the world. <laughs> but it, it was it, again. It was just funny because it's like it's the right. same. It's the same net effect. But yes, yes, exactly. You you, you kind of have that video game flavor on it. so Right, because I mean, usually it's more like, oh, I'm going to spite my ex by bringing somebody who's handsome or looks rich or like has yeah. a successful job. And Which instead, he, it's like, he nah, has all dude, those things too, but... Uh, but yeah, you yeah, bring but, like their yeah their favorite TikTok influencer or whatever. Yeah, right. no, his 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 ELO rating is off the charts. <laughs> yeah, Christ. he's got a real big ELO. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Well, that show's fun. I'm enjoying it. Let's uh, move on to another fun show that I'm enjoying. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Skip and Loafer. Yeah. Iro, you watched at least the first episode of this, I watched right? the first episode of this, and I thought it was cute, and then I said, all right, that was enough of that. Okay. I'm good. Well, I did keep... Because it, it was very, very cute, right? I was just like, yep, this seems perfectly good, and has seems like it has no problems. But where's the hard-hitting workplace commentary? Whoa. Okay, yeah, so this is the... The somewhat rare adaptation for PA Works. We're used to them doing their original uh-huh. working women they shows, did do right? Kongmang earlier. Uh, yeah, that was fairly. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at their track record, it's yeah, yeah, you know yeah. maybe like one out of every five shows they do or something is an adaptation. So, um, and the so the the story is about this girl from the country 
mm-hmm. who goes to high school in Tokyo because she's very ambitious. She wants to be like the prime minister or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, you know, all fired up and super confident. Go get her. And, you know, she... We find out she's a normal human being. (laughs) She goes to school in Tokyo and is overwhelmed by city life. Yes. Mm. Uh, There's some really great bits of her, like... Uh, you know, she 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 ends up getting to school late because she can't figure out the trains or whatever. And uh, but also she, she's meant to do the speech, but she, the right? Ceremony. But she's supposed to do the, the the speech for the opening ceremony. And when she gets there, she's so nervous that she just gets on the stage and starts talking, gives her entire speech to the principal. Right? She forgot. Oh, man. She forgot the speech. Uh... Yeah. So yeah, she forgot this, the, the her notes. So she ha- but she hasn't memorized. But she's so nervous that she just gets up and and <laughs> gives, gives the entire speech with like her back to the stage because uh-huh. and nobody says anything. Like the teacher, like it's so a good like dead pan, right? Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, she's face off in the audience. Yeah. This is some good deadpan audience and like the, the principal just standing there staring oh, at her and nobody wanting to say anything. So she, she has a lot of yeah. she immediately steps off stage and stress vomits all over the teacher. Yes. So <laughs> um and then the other the other aspect of this is she meets uh this other hot guy who is a like textbook definition himbo. They even call him himbo at some point in the... Uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of the that this season, huh? Uh-huh. Just, yeah, a lot uh... of that going around this season. And he's this <laughs> hot guy who's kind of laid back and easygoing and really nice to everybody. Uh-huh. And... Um, the only yeah, so... She is not socially ostracized is because she's friends with him, and so everyone... Yes. So he, he <laughs> seems to have taken a liking to her, so everybody is like, oh, well, maybe she's alright and or... I'm going to use her to get to this guy so I can date him. I don't know that if that's of, the yeah. message you should send in your slice of life show is <laughs> worried well, about fitting in, befriend your betters. Well, the the, the way it happens is natural <laughs> enough that I, I, I know, I know, okay. no, I, I'm sure but it's yes. genuine. It's just <laughs> um, like the unspoken thing is, oh, if she didn't befriend the hot guy, she would have been bullied and ostracized. Yeah, because they were calling her like uh, the, puker the puker or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, yeah. So it, ultimately, it's kind of the it's kind of a nice people being nice to each other for the most part. Mm-hmm. Show you do have like the one kind of bitchy girl who's like trying to manipulate everybody to get to the to uh, the main guy. But even she's mostly painted in a sympathetic light as the episodes go on. Um, I do like that. In this show, what's different is most of those kinds of shows are like s- super laid back, and mm-hmm. there is the show does have some energy to it. Like I don't feel like it's dragging or I feel bored watching it. Whereas a lot of those other shows, there's a lot of like I don't know dead space because they're like a little right, too right. chill. And I think because like the driving force is this main girl who's actually you know very ambitious and has a lot of energy it you know drives the show a little bit more um and you know as the episodes have gone on as i think we're three episodes in they've introduced like more cast members to kind of fill in more space and everybody kind of has their own agendas and things that they're concerned about that they Mm -hmm. kind of mix in which is all resolved by everybody just being nice to each other but of course um interestingly the well 
I guess they kind of reveal the main guy's like quote unquote secret by episode uh-huh. three, where he used to be like a child actor or something like that. Uh, a lot sure. of that going around this season too. Yeah, a lot of that going around this mm-hmm. season too, huh? Yeah. Uh, and and you know perhaps his nice guy persona is hiding some kind right. of pain learned or learned uh, behavior from ah, showbiz, right? a darkness yeah. that mm-hmm. lurks beneath. Uh-huh. Yeah, because because it's interesting. <laughs> I've no- of them. They, they do the thing where uh, you kind of hear everybody's thoughts in the show mm. except his. Okay. So like the the new characters that come in, like you know, you'll hear their inner monologues here and there. Of, and and what there's you know what's bugging them and why they feel like they're social outcasts or whatever and uh mm-hmm. you know and that that'll get resolved throughout the course of the episode and we have not heard any of his thoughts he's just like a a wall so far so that's right. kind of what they're sure. setting up but yeah overall though it's it's a lot of fun uh yeah. I will looks- shout out the uh the opening uh has some really good dancing in it Yes, uh, it's really good. Always, always sucker for a dancing yeah. OP. Um, yeah, it looks it looks great. I mean, PA works. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're one of the best. So it looks great, and it's just another another fun show. All right. Yeah. Well, I really stacked up these cute shows in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, uh, cute show I not, hours. Sure I did, not, did. I did. I put them in like order of air date and didn't realize uh, what was. What I'm getting myself into. Oh, see, I put one of the, I, when I put something else in this, in this list, I just stuck it in the middle where it felt like it would be a yeah. good place to put it. But well, anyway, uh, let's talk about Too Cute Crisis. Okay, I'm not still watching this show, but I wanted to talk about it because I do think people may enjoy the show, and perhaps in lesser seasons, I would have continued watching it. But hmm. uh, how cute I, is this crisis? Yeah, I just ain't got time for this one, but. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put it out there because I love the premise. And again, I think there are pe- people may enjoy this, but uh, the, the premise of the show is there is this team of alien researchers and by alien, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not from earth. They otherwise look completely human. Uh, uh, fine. And they are, do they have blue skin? No, they're completely okay. human. And their, their leader is an anime lady and she, they arrive at earth and she scans the planet. And she's like, well, this planet's too primitive. Let's just nuke it and take whatever we can. Oh, and, sounds about right. <laughs> and so somebody's like, no, wait, wait, we got to do this properly. Just go down there and check it out and see what's up. And then we'll nuke it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she goes down and she's walking around present day Tokyo. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to kill all these people. And <laughs> until uh-huh. she happens to stumble upon a cat cafe. Mm. Of course. The- uh-huh. and-, ah, and they're just so cute. And in all her exploring, practically a crisis. Uh Yes. And so in all her exploring the galaxy, she has seen nothing Uh as cute as a, as a cat. And she starts freaking out. There's a lot of, as she's like, of course, sees as the cats continue to do cute things. And she decides, well, maybe I should, uh, you know, spend some more time researching the cute animals of earth. They talk about dogs and a couple other animals here and there, so it's not. I don't think it's just going to be just cats, but sure, various uh, cute animals, cute creatures. Man, so, I got, I got two things to say about this premise. A, 
Can you imagine how much of a bullet we as the collective human race dodged that she chose to land in Tokyo of all <laughs> the possible locations on planet land Earth? Land on fuck land in fucking, I don't know, like Wichita, Kansas or something. Yeah, yeah. you know, fucking Ohio, you know, Iowa or some shit, you know, right. like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, where they're burning books and shit. I don't know, man. <laughs> also, like, secondary, I mean, it's not enough to just merely land in, you know, a, a you know, a clean urban city where people seemingly respect the sanctity of human life. But, um, mm. it's a good thing. She, I, I guess, by the way, you're describing it, Jill. It's a good thing. She met like the, the cute and, 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 uh, uh um, like, uh, receptive kitty cats instead mm. of the, like, oh, yes. mean, yes. aloof ones. <laughs> yes. Right. Cause cats can be, yes. <laughs> Putting the fate of humanity in the hands of a cat is a dangerous. Uh, that's a that's a that's a dangerous play. <laughs> dangerous game, but yeah, yeah. Um, could have gone one of two ways. Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing kind of holding this back, obviously, the joke gets old very quick. Yeah, I can, um, I can imagine. <laughs> but there is room, and I didn't watch more, so I don't know if they go anywhere with this. There was room to work with the the ruthless alien angle. So the for example the best joke in episode 1 is uh she so she kind of befriends the the there's a man and a woman that work at the cat cafe and she kind of becomes friends with them for a bit and they're sure. walking home and they see you know the classic abandoned cat in a box in the rain on the side of the uh-huh. road uh-huh. and and you know she she uses her science magic to like analyze what happened to the cat and you know you know fix him up and everything and she can also like you know use the traces of time or whatever there to trace back what happened to the cat and she uh-huh. she traces there, it like, back to find throwing rocks at it or something no there was like, there was this there she she traces back and sees this scene of like this this couple at their house with the cat meowing and they're like i can't stand it anymore get rid of that cat or you know oh, like, no Seeing and, the ugly truth uh, of the human race, yeah, and uh-huh. she instantly, without hesitation, like within within a second, calls down an orbital strike on their house. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, like a little like, like without hesitation, like right, like right. like hard cut from the flashback yeah, yeah, to their house exploding good. as laser shoots right. down from the sky. I'm right, like, okay, <laughs> if we get some more of that, that could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think, unfortunately, that's going to be like ninety percent of her going eh when she sees a cute animal, right. and then you might get like mm-hmm. one. Joke I like mean, that the real, the really good joke to play would be to play up the alien angle of like having completely different cultural values, right? And so, like you know, it's like oh, she's meeting a cat and a dog, which are like animals that, animals that we traditionally associate with being cute, right? And then mm-hmm. I don't know, it should be like the joke is like then she meets like a like a like a I don't know like a Komodo dragon or something, <laughs> you know? And everyone's like, oh my right. god, like like stay away, that's like running away, that's that bear. Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh my god!" Like I it's had so one adorable. of these growing it's, up as yeah. a kid, or it's the cutest you know? one yet. Yeah, they do actually. They do actually have kind of a similar joke where, when she sees the cats, she's comparing it to what she has previously known as the mm-hmm. cutest animals, and they're like these okay. horrible uh, yeah. abominations. All uh, right, that's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> so they do kind of play into that joke a little bit, but but yeah, th- I think that's where the good jokes are at, and not just the like, "Oh right. my god, cute wow, cat." cat. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. So like cooing over cats. I mean, 
you know, we've all done it on YouTube before, but it mm-hmm. can only really take you so yes, far. Exactly. Yes. So anyway, I, I got some capybaras in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so, speaking of cute animals. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move on to uh, Pokemon. Yeah. Horizons. Pokemon Horizons, which is the new Ashless Pokemon show. Ash is put out, been put out to pasture, sent to the farm upstate. Oh, he's been sent to Professor Oak. Uh-huh, yeah. So he's been sent to Professor Oak's lab. Uh, <laughs> and so it's a brand new show with brand new protagonists. And uh-huh. so there's the first couple episodes have been about uh, the female of the two protagonists, Oliko, whose whole mm-hmm. deal is she live, she's from the the area from uh, Scarlet and Violet and is latest sent game. off. Yep, has been sent off to boarding school in Kanto. Uh AKA, you know, the, the, the land of the original Pokemon games, which right. uh, I'm a little, I, as a person who's played Pokemon since the beginning, I'm a little weirded out by the idea of there's a bus route on this route from the game that goes between the Pokemon League and Viridian City <laughs> that takes you to a boarding school. I'm like, there are buses in Pokemon? That's weird. There's, uh, there's infrastructure. I know, right? Pokemon. <laughs> I know. Yeah, don't you? Don't you have to have a Pokemon fly you? You know. You know uh, yeah, exactly. Thing so, to, um, yeah. But she, uh, she goes to this boarding school where you know all the new students are handed a, a, a starter Pokemon. Of course, she, get, she gets the little grass cat from from Paldea. Oh, weed okay. cat, the yeah. new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Weed cat. Weed cat. Uh, yep. Oh, love weed cat. And she also has a mysterious pendant from her grandmother uh, uh-huh, as uh-huh. a MacGuffin, and so. The bad people come to try and take the pendant, and also the good people come to try and protect her. And you know, stuff happens, and she gets onto their airship and is no longer a boarding school, and everyone's okay with this. Oh, okay, that that shifted <laughs> mm-hmm. pretty quickly. I was yep. like, okay, sure, like school adventures. Never mind. <laughs> nope, she's on this little airship with uh, the rising volt volt tacklers. Uh, who that's, with that's uh, their name captain pikachu and uh some other folks uh while the it, the bad people are after her gem right is the captain uh, literally what, what? a pikachu there's captain pikachu it's a little pikachu wearing a captain's cap of course okay that's that's pretty good okay uh-huh um it knows thunder punch Oh, that's okay. weird. suboptimal. They have to differentiate its main moves from Ash's Pikachu, don't you know? Ah, oh, uh, shit, you're right. Yeah. It can't just use Thunderbolt and, uh, you know, Iron Tail anymore. It's got <laughs> to use Thunder Punch and Double Team. Ah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different. Um uh. My hope is because there are some dudes on the airship, right? That like seem to be part of the main crew. Uh, sure. So you got your like mechanic lady in the engine room shoveling coal off of that coal Pokemon from a while back. Wait, it's, it is a coal powered airship. I know. <laughs> There's just a, they've just got a colossal or whatever on a hamster wheel. Just Eero, is this is is Pokemon steampunk? Whoa, no, God. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's a coal-powered got- ship. I know it's really goofy. Uh, so she's just shoveling coal onto like a slugma in a in an engine. Oh right? goodness! <laughs> uh, there's a chef guy, a big burly uh-huh. chef man, of course. And uh, there's a medical officer uh, who looks like, um, and also might just be. I'm just gonna. Is that the Pokemon? It. 
No, she's a. Uh... Oh, oh, not. Oh, great audio. I'm posting an image of her. In okay, the, a lady. Oh, uh, we were describing so, like, a lady with she, a pink bob uh-huh. haircut. She, she's got pink hair. She's got a like jacket. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, stockings and shoes and stuff. But uh, she's totally a nurse joy who like dropped out of med school, right? Oh shit! I oh can see yeah. It now. There's a chancy yeah. on the back of her jacket. She's uh, got a chancy on the ship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got nurse joy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in episode like 43, like her, her, like I, her, like her, like driver's license is gonna fall out of her pocket, and it's gonna be like, what's her like first name? Like that's Molly. Right? It's gonna be like Molly Joy. I know, right? It's so funny. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean. They it seems cute so far. It's Pokemon. Sure. Pokemon's pretty I guess known the question, quantity, right? Yeah, I guess the question is like, do you see this happening? Like, is this going to be the status quo of the Pokemon TV anime for the next ten years, or hmm. is this like another step on the road as they work towards like I... figuring out what the Pokemon anime is in a post Ash Ketchum world? I could see this being a situation like sort i suppose like digimon where it's just like they'll they can they can run this for i don't know let's say 100 episodes or so <laughs> sure right yeah. and a mere get a 100 feel episodes. for right get a feel for like how people like the, right. these characters right and then it would be easy enough to call it or and introduce a new cast or to keep going with this cast right uh, sure. The the other protagonist, Roy, has yet to appear in what I've seen. Oh. <laughs> after okay. Two, well, I've seen two episodes. Uh, the next episode preview doesn't show him for episode three, which is goofy because he has been billed as like the other protagonist, right? Uh, but I mean, I can kind of appreciate shown. that, honestly. Yeah. Like, because like I can appreciate I mean, it, know, but I think it's funny. Yeah, because I, I would say broadly, even even in 2023, I'd say Pokemon is still broadly associated as a young boys franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Like that—that's kind of just it's that's that's just the yeah. brush gets painted with, right? And mm-hmm. I, I would say that if you were looking at if, if you were on a if you were a fly on the wall of the like Pokemon companies like boardroom meetings, that is probably broadly what they are aiming at. Yeah, and. So to have the female protagonist appear first and give her a few episodes on her own to establish her yeah, before introducing the more, what I suspect is the more conventional, conventional Pokemon-like yeah, yeah. protagonist. Mm-hmm. I guess I, what I'm saying is it's an interesting choice. I, I think yeah. um, I, I maybe it speaks it, right? to, maybe it speaks to, yes, the more like broad, all age, all gender approach that Pokemon has most likely been pursuing more more intentionally in the last few mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, uh I mean it, I mean at the end of the day, up. is it really like that different as far as the thing is that no, it's not, right? Yeah. It's just Ash has been there for twenty five years or whatever. Right. And so it, it feels weird. Right. Uh, but as far as like the structure of how every episode mm-hmm. goes and everything, like they'll have they they're they're on an airship, which means like the previous season of Pokemon, they can just go wherever the heck they want, uh, whenever, and do episodic goofy stuff. All right, I'm yeah. sure we'll chase the secret of the pendant for however many episodes until you know 
we don't need to anymore uh, until Lucario shows up. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, thanks the, the, for holding on to my pendant. Uh, the, well, the mysterious pendant, uh, like uh, you know, she's falling off of a roof in the first episode or whatever, and you know, it glows, and a, a mysterious Pokemon saves her, and it's definitely a Pokemon from like the second wave of DLC for Scarlet and Violet that has yet to be released. Oh, released, right? sure. Okay. It's like, a new OC Pokemon. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's a little turtle thing. Uh, Okay, I thought it was gonna be okay. another like, I thought it was gonna be like another like Zoro arc or something, you know, no, like some like some that. blatant like we know Lucario's popular, so we're just gonna try to recreate Lucario every generation. No, uh-huh. yeah, no, that'll uh, be in the movies. Um, of course, of course, of course. it's just a like crystal turtle looking thingamajig. Uh, sure, turtles are cool. Yeah, turtles are cool. Yeah, All right, seems, uh, seems cute. Um, you know, I'll, I'm I'll keep an eye on it. Until something crazy happens, <laughs> sure. I'm sure something will happen eventually that makes me go, oh, that's crazy. But Damn, can't believe they shot Captain Pikachu dead on screen. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Damn, I mean, it's like the, they had a whole episode of Sun and Moon where, where the old Stoutland that lived under the bridge just fucking dies. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, <laughs> I think on that note... Uh... <laughs> Norse Joy hear... shakes her head ash it's like it's, it, there's nothing we can do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Litton has to practice Fire Fang you know during the storm yeah. until it gets it right at which point the clouds part to show Stoutland in the clouds looking down upon his protege Maybe, maybe, wow. maybe that's what they'll do with uh, with Molly Joy, right? Is yeah, the, they'll yeah, explain maybe. that the reason why she dropped out of medical school uh, <laughs> is because of the rising costs in college tuition. She dropped out of medical school because Brock wouldn't stop hounding her. <laughs> oh my! All right, God. all right. I need <laughs> to, I need to, uh, I need to shut this down before we get into oh, our. Yeah, uh, it's time to finally do. cancel Brock once <laughs> yeah. and for all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, God. Um, all right. Uh, well, Tell us about the next one on the yeah. list, yes. Jill. Glad to hear Pokemon still trucking. Mm-hmm. And thank you for giving me a break before I have to talk about another one of these shows. Uh, let's yeah. talk about Insomniacs After School. Uh, this is the Call one in the, the preview. This is the one in preview, the preview show that you all said this is going to be my show. And I understand why. Uh, however, um, I didn't really like it that much. Um, you hate to see it. It's... It's uh, I, I Iro, you mentioned Call of the Night. I think that's a fair comparison mm-hmm. because I think the things I would want out of this show, Call of the Night did much better. Okay, then. <laughs> so before I get into that, the, the the premise is there's this nerdy antisocial kid in high school mm. that is a total jerk, and everyone hates him. And, and now he's the, been summoned to another world, and the, you know, even though no, the no, class and the the out, reason he's the strongest one, no, no, and the reason <laughs> is entirely because he has insomnia. <laughs> okay, nothing to do I with mean, his insomnia own. Insomnia is a real bitch. Let's yeah. be clear. Uh, no, it, it, it's really, truly. As someone who lives, who's had mm-hmm. insomnia as long as I can remember, yeah, it messes you up. But. Clearly, this is the only reason why he's a terrible person and nothing mm-hmm. to do with his own personal shortcomings. Sometimes the saying. kids just got bad vibes. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he one day he is trying to help out with the, the school festival and he's just so tired that when they tell him to go get some boxes up on the roof, he goes into the, apparently this school has an abandoned observatory. Okay. <laughs> As right. you do. 
Yeah. And he goes up there to take a nap, but he finds there's already a, a, another person there who is a cute girl taking a nap because oh. uh, after he's literally went on an entire inner monologue about how, why am I the only person that suffers from insomnia? Which he says almost word for word. Uh, mm-hmm. He has now found another person that also suffers from insomnia, and she's a cute, nice girl that is willing to hang out with him. Wow, we can be and, insomniacs together and after school. Yes, and <laughs> yeah, there we go. Th- they decide that they maybe mm. they're gonna like revive the, the astro- astronomy club or whatever the insomniac club because they're so they can do something at night when they're not they can't sleep uh-huh. and. You know, his reward for being a jerk is he gets a cute girlfriend. And I don't know. It was just like it was fine, but it was like if we if we bring back bring it back around to the comparison to Call of the Night. This show is obviously much more down to earth type of realistic uh presentation. And that's mm-hmm. fine, but it's also like kind of boring. <laughs> I mean, Whereas, that could be true, right? Like this is, right. yeah, you yeah. know, like you were just talking about Skip and Loafer earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you can be, you can be inoffensive, you can be, you can be light, right? You can be easygoing, but you know, it, it, fiction is entertainment, right? And mm-hmm. you know, on yeah. some level, you still need to be getting something Engaged. meaningful mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah, 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 and. So this show does. So you you can you combine that with the fact that, as you can tell, I don't really like the main guy at all. Right. Um, <laughs> he he chill he chills out a little bit as the episode goes on. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, I I didn't really have a problem with him by the end of the episode. He was tolerable, so I was like, that's fine. But, you know, I'm gonna need a little more than that. Like, like if you're gonna if you're gonna take your show, you know, and base it entirely on two people hanging out at night. You got to really right. make them compelling characters, right? right. And I will say, I, I, I will say, I like the girl. Like she kind of has like this. She's somehow both the kind of playful Genki girl type, but low energy somehow. I don't under how to explain it. It's an interesting so like, like, combination. Almost. Um, like, I, I can, I can imagine. I can see it. Yeah. I mean, you know. So, I, I, uh, so I like her. She was, she was fun. The main guy, like I said, not not wild about him, but that, but you know, when that's like your core of your show, it's like that's really you. I think you got to really like what's going on, and I was just not really into it. Um, and so right. again, comparing to Call of the Night, so to refresh everyone's memory, that was also about this kid who has insomnia and he ends up wandering around town, but in his case, he meets a vampire lady, and it's you know, much crazier, but like even, even with that show, even the presentation and how they like, both of them try to depict like the, the call of the night, if you will, uh, like, you know, the, the, the allure of being up in the middle of the night while everyone's sleeping. And that show had almost like a surreal depiction of it. That was like really taking advantage of this being animated and, you know, the visual medium and with something when you when you include like supernatural or like genre elements, like you can sort of use that sort of outsized, unrealistic, you know, supernatural side of it to like highlight your points more effectively by making them bigger or metaphorically 
you know, attached to each other compared yeah. to we're in high school and we have insomnia. And it's like, if you want to hit like a similar, like emotional height, I suppose, like you need to drill deeper than I think if it's like a very totally grounded setting, like you need to drill deeper into like the specificity of that sort of stuff. Yeah. When if like you have vampires and stuff as like your metaphor for the call of the night, etc. Uh, like you can use that to push the, the theme. Yeah. And I, I generally just going to, I'm just generally going to find that more interesting. Right. Cause that's like mm-hmm. more creative and whatever, but um, I will say I, I appreciated whoever wrote this clearly deals with insomnia because there were right, some right. specific <laughs> conversations that happened. Like the very opening scene of the show is the main kid listening to some kind of boring podcast or something on YouTube while on his phone while he's trying to sleep. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like that, that touched that spoke to my soul. Uh, <laughs> and they, they talk about later how like, I don't know, like when you're, the feeling like when you're really tired and trying to get stuff done and not show that you're really tired <laughs> during the day. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you don't, you don't want people to be like, man, what's, you know, what's wrong with you or whatever. You're just trying to like, look, act like everything's normal, even though like you're taking every ounce of your strength to stay awake right now. Mm-hmm. That kind of feeling. Um, so, you know, on tape. points for accurate depictions of insomnia, aside from mm-hmm. them making you a horrible person. Or maybe I'm a horrible person. I don't <laughs> well, realize it. But uh, yeah, other than that, though, I just didn't feel like there was enough going on here. It might. It, I will say I could see the this working better as a manga where you mm, just yeah, can yeah, yeah, yeah. take the panels at your own pace and everything. And I do wonder if that is what is happening here. Fill right? in this. I mean, you know, yeah. fill in the spaces with your imagination more than just like you know, what's presented to you or whatever. Right. It's I mean, hard like to pacing, explain, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, pacing is a big thing in adaptations, right? Like, how you pace the events mm-hmm. of the source material has a very, very real material effect on your perception of the work. I mean... Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I... Like I, I, I imagine... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You know, because, like, I can't, I can't speak to the source material. I have not read it. I am familiar with this author, one of this author's other works, which I did broadly enjoy, okay. but, like... You know, uh, I mean, it's it's the one about the tall girl, uh, but uh, oh, that's right. But also by the same author, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, what I recall of that one is that it was also fairly laid back and mm-hmm. and sort of deliberately paced, right? And I wonder if that's just like one of those things that like it reads way better in manga, and like to put it in anime form would require more ambitious. Um, yeah, adapting. Yeah, I guess <laughs> do you need like do you need like four episodes in one to to really make the adaptation work. Right, maybe it's something like that. Right, but <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. um, well, we'll get to that. Yeah, and and, and uh, I mean, again, like I'm not I'm not saying it's bad. Like it's very well made. Uh, it just it wasn't doing enough to push it over the top. So, uh, and we got. I got a lot of those shows to watch this, yeah. this no, season. We, so. we, look, Jell, we get it. You like evil women, and there were, uh-huh. just were not enough in in some. Some doesn't this make girl, evil enough. You know? This girl is not nearly problematic enough for me. Mm. Uh, 
All right. Uh, let's move along. Sure. Let's let's talk. go. Let's go to another pretty laid back show. You know. Sure. <laughs> let's talk about the marginal service, the marginal. and you guys are gonna have to uh, tell me what's the deal with this. Uh, this one. All right. So with... yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so we watched the first two episodes of The Marginal Service, which is all that's out at the moment, so now we have a better idea of what this show actually is about. And it yeah. is it is um, you know, it's 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 men in black, right? It's it's supernatural crime fighters. It's uh you know, the the main character, Brian Knight Raider, uh was a cop uh-huh. who uh had a 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 black partner named Danny Grab, who was uh killed in the line mm-hmm. of duty. Uh, during a drug bust gone bad, and of uh, you know, hands in his gun and his badge. Actually, just his badge. He stole his gun, which <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> pretty good, actually. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, through circumstances, ends up joining the Marginal Service, which is a UN-led, um, like alien immigration, like, alien immigration ice? task force. Uh, it turns out that the marginal surface is also an immigration parable. Um, hmm. We find okay. out that there's a lot of like Japan is currently undergoing some sort of uh, vague immigrant refugee crisis. That there are protests about uh-huh, uh-huh. letting too many of these people into the country, um, and at the same time, uh, a different type of illegal alien is also crossing our borders: mm-hmm. uh, the borderlanders who yes. are. Who are aliens who can uh, disguise as humans, and uh-huh. they're uh, they're pushing drugs onto our streets. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Any all hmm. ma- all manner of of kappa and and uh, you know bigfoots and yokai are are pushing drugs and causing problems. No, no, Eero, you you you've missed a key detail. Well, I mean, I don't know if this is actually what's going to be, but you've missed a key detail here, which is the aliens are the yeah. drug pushers. Oh, and the good right. borderlands who are defending us from oh, the alien right, drug right. dealers the are the native, yokai. the native yeah. yokai of planet right. Earth. I, I don't, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> right. So you got the Kappa got and Bigfoot, up. and I think Mothman is there too. Yeah, werewolf, ready to, Wolfman, like. yeah. To, um, <laughs> the marginal service is, um, it's like it's. What Eero and I have, have said about the show is it is currently on probation. Um, oh, yeah. It is a show that I am extremely ready to just write off and never look back. Mm-hmm. But there is like three to five minutes of like really good anime dumbassery at the end of both of the episodes we've watched. Yes. Okay. Where like... The first 15 minutes is like kind of dreadful and boring and <laughs> yeah like very like like by the numbers to the point where I was basically ready to stop watching. And mm-hmm. then at the end of episode 1 when they finally introduce the eponymous marginal service, uh they get their they get their they get introduced one by one by name, they get a title card as in like you know like a like a like a flash like a like a like a like a, like a like a like a like a special screen with their name and, oh, and their face as on la- it, as last seen in Akudama Drive that I can remember. Yes, uh, and yes. they get a King of Fighters esque announcer saying, "Oh, their name. okay, okay." So it's like, like introducing that cadence, yeah. Yes, okay. Introducing, that jokes. 
Waltz Dexter. <laughs> it's like a candy heart. Okay, so yeah. all right. So on the Virus one hand, I mean, is is uh, anti-immigration rhetoric really all that bad when you have? Uh, <laughs> Cool announcer. <laughs> I got some cool real. Announcers. I asked, like, I got some really Super Sentai vibes from some of that because, like, extremely low rent Super Sentai. Yeah, because like, like Super Sentai, uh, that's the which best kind, just, right? I mean, yeah. Super Sentai already pretty low rent, but Sentai yeah. like saying, loves like, to just mash shit together with no rhyme or reason. Like, I don't know, a couple years ago, uh, Kira Major was like vehicles and gems, and so this is like. Immigration department and construction workers, right? It's like, how does this how does this fit together at all? It doesn't. Who cares? <laughs> they have like Here's construction, construction themed weaponry that look like that look like cement mixers and traffic cones. They're wearing multicolored construction yeah. outfits, uh, like coveralls with the with the yellow like Mega Man uh, construction helmet, yeah, the big flare pants, uh, like. They have uh, their mascot, uh, which is a Peck Desmond, who is also their PR officer, is a talking squirrel who looks like a like early two thousands like platformers mascot that's trying to dethrone Mario. Like Peck Desmond jumping at some real Bubsy vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like. Like he looks like he would be in like an early two thousands like video game like magazine ad where he's like staying on top of the corpses of like fake Mario and Sonic. Arrow the yeah. acrobat. I can do this. Yeah, all day. yeah, uh, like those vibes, <laughs> which is like pretty good because I don't know how a Japanese work of fiction somehow managed to independently arrive at the same style of character design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's it, you can hear it in our voices. The last five minutes of that episode is pretty good. Um, huh. And then episode yeah. two happens, and it starts again. The first 15 minutes are really boring. It's really by the numbers. Like, they're trying to, like, set up the character dynamic. Like, ho-ho, oh, look at all these goofy guys. They don't get along. You know, uh-huh. you know office place, you know, office, you know, workplace comedy. And, but, you know, but when the, when the chips are down, they get it done, right? And, uh, again, the last five minutes are really good because, um, it's just a bunch of Arnold Schwarzenegger references in a row. Like, right. okay. Like, like they're, they're, they're commando. Go- uh, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Like they're going to like a jungle that exists in Japan to like find there's a drug lab in the middle of Aokigahara. Oh you my know. God. It literally is Aokigahara. It's, it's a drug lab in Aokigahara, but they explain that like, because of the aliens that landed on earth, it's like changed the ecology into like a tropical jungle. Um, you know, so like just this one big, spot. the big buff dude bolts Dexter, like, you know, when they crash, their helicopter crashes after getting hit by an RPG, you know, immediately starts slathering mud on himself. And he's uh-huh. like, yeah, you know, because this will reduce my heat signature. And it's like, do they even have heat vision? You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, must, ca- they must have. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, like another character does the um, does the Billy like he does. He, he he does the machete across his chest thing, you know, from from uh-huh. Predator. Um. There is just straight up a commando reference at the end where, again, like, Bolt's Dexter walks up to the villain of the week who, let me be clear, the two have not met or spoken this entire episode, right? Like, uh-huh. so, so Bolt's Dexter approaches the villain of the week and says, remember when I told you I killed you last? 
And then the villain's like, <laughs> I was like I've no, never met you I, before. I, I've never met you. Who are you? And then he just continued. Bolts just continues. He says, I lied. And then blasts him with a shotgun. <laughs> it's like. <Ugh>. Oh, man. <laughs> There's an energy there, right? Like, there totally That's, is. Yeah. But it just cannot keep it up consistently. Is, is it worth uh, putting up with all the other boring right i'm not sure like i'm really not sure which is why you say the show is on probation it might it might pull it together but you know i'm I'm, I'm, right oh and then and then we find out that the leader of the aliens is uh japan's uh most popular pop idol uh rubber suit as in his name is literally rubber suit Mm -hmm. sure christ all right (laughs) i'm uh i'm reading here that the 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 voice of the 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 narration in episode one is one eric kelso best known for being paul phoenix in tekken well there you go there's your fighting game connection and voicing (laughs) captain falcon in oh (laughs) f-zero gx oh wow okay yeah perhaps that seems more appropriate yeah man so okay i mean the parts you i mean yeah, I mean, the parts you told me about sound fun, but uh, I don't know. It's like at most three to five minutes of each episode. Like, that's kind of the problem. Right. Yeah. It's like, and the rest of the time you're dealing with, like, almost, it's very, I say this derogatorily, it's really trying to be Marvel dialogue, kind of. The way that yeah, the characters are sniping yeah. at each other. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like you have the dude tries to go into the, uh, interrogation room with the from the guy from episode one and the two dudes are they're so beat up even though the guy being interrogated is tied down and it's, oh it's because they got into a fight with each other because they were arguing this, about something this is another avengers 2012 ruined everything moment kind of it's, it's like <laughs> it's a, it's a little t- it's trying to be t- it's trying to be too snappy but in a very like what feels to me like a western way yeah, the and way it they feels talk. like it's only, and I feel like it's only in the last few minutes where it sort of rediscovers the like more like anime spontaneous, almost, yeah, like anime energy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I'll have you guys report in on that next time if we're if it's uh-huh. still around or not. I guess. Um. Okay. Let's move on. One more new show, and boy, is this one that I think are we you, have a lot to talk about. Are you oh, ready to give beautiful. your first impressions on the first five episodes of <laughs> Oshinoko? Is is it five? Is it, did I miss one? Did well, I mean, the first out? episode... 90 minutes is about four episodes, right? It's about four episodes, right? Because every episode is about, you know, average anime episode is like 20 minutes, right? 22 minutes? I guess that is more four than 20, three. 24 huh? minutes okay. minus three minutes for the opening and ending. Yeah, so okay. like 90, well, a 90-minute premiere is closer to four, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, all right, so yes, we are talking about Oshinoko. Um, you guys the rather thoroughly... Uh, you guys rather thoroughly covered this in the preview show, so I don't want to rehash the whole, like, mm-hmm. everything, all the details, but... Um, I this mean, I guess is, we give a, qu- a quick rundown, We'll, right? we'll give, give a quick, the, yes, quick recap... Of, uh, of this what is this the is show about. about an idol who uh, who gets pregnant and has gives birth to a couple of twins, uh, both of whom uh, actually re- are reincarnations of people who were like in some way closely involved with the idol in question. 
yeah. have now uh, reincarnated as her children. And mm-hmm. um, things go places from there. Again, they sure this is, do. This is a hard it, show to talk about does, without ruining like, things. Okay, so like, things. I've not watched. I've not watched the uh, the premiere, and but I've like heard people talk about the manga before the anime happened, right? And so it's like, don't they like investigate her murder or something? I mean, okay. I guess we could just get right into it then, right. if we so, want to start there. Yeah, sorry, so, I'm, I'm, I should just leave this to you. I don't, <laughs> not I don't necessarily where I would have started talking okay. about Oshinoko. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. I don't. Trying to I don't want right. I don't want to spoil anything yet. Well, I think we will have. To, we're going to have to spoil things eventually, so we will get eventually. To that. Yes, but yes. So the 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 premise is. And, and and you guys talked about last time the main character is basically her doctor and he is murdered the night she gives birth and becomes reincarnated as one of the twin kids right that's i think we i it, it's funny right. because these sound like spoilers but, but this is but like these are like one. yeah this, this really has one. yeah this yeah so what i i was kind of I was just really fascinated by the, the the premiere, which, as we noted, is ninety minutes long. It's ba- it's it's basically a self contained prologue movie, right? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard it aired in theaters in Japan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and it it goes it covers those events, and like by the very like last maybe ten minutes, you realize, oh, this is what the show really is, and right. not what we just watched for ninety minutes, and. I kept thinking the whole way, the whole thing was fascinating to me because I kept thinking, did this have to be 90 minutes long? And I think the conclusion I came to was yes. Um, yeah. I... Because the, the here's, here's what I, here's how I ended up kind of my logic on it. I think most anime would have summed up this 90 minute prologue in a five maybe 10 minute flashback in the first episode oh boy i don't know you could do that and we would and you know that that would act you know that acting as the main motivation for the character the main character Mm -hmm. right we would we would say that show sucks because we're supposed to care about this you know motive you know whatever the character the main character said and Okay, but we don't care. Shows that tries to make us care by telling us, and like, and like, we don't care because we we don't know what happened or what you know. We just got you told us, right? We didn't have, and and so Oshinoko takes the time to invest you in what happened in the in the in the you know what would normally be the the big flashback, and so by the time that the big sort of inciting event happens at the end of the episode, you're like. Oh yeah, I get it. I get yeah. why he's the way he is. <laughs> so, 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 totally I, I, I'm so I'm reminded you saying it, putting it this way. I'm reminded of like um, uh, Rakugo Shinji, right? Where basically yes, the whole first, a, basically the whole first season almost was a flashback. Yes, explaining why this character was the way they were. Yeah. Uh, yes. Ab- absolutely. That yeah, that's like, that's I, like the 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 most extreme example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> Because right. the, yes, they spent an entire twelve episodes basically as a prologue to the second. I mean, uh, uh, half, we didn't put yeah. it on the list today, but uh, let me tell you about a show called Vinland Saga that also <laughs> spent <laughs> its entire first season technically right. being the prologue to the true okay. story. 
So yes, there, there's another extreme example. It's been of done, this. but but yeah, mm-hmm. I I do I legitimately feel like Oshinoko is a show that is entirely about its execution, uh, of fighting back whatever initial instinct you might have about its premise. Mm-hmm. I think Oshinoko is a type of show where, I mean, I said I said as much in the podcast, right in the preview. I was like, this sounds interesting, and you know, yeah, I guess I I might give it a shot, but I don't know if it's you know if it were not for Aqua uh, um, fighting for it so hard, I don't know if it's I mean. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have watched it. You know, like, yeah, I, right. I would not have bothered. I mean, right? I, this type I mean, the, of premise is repugnant to me. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, the premise sounds like and, if you tell me that a gynecologist is reincarnated as his favorite idol's child, I'm thinking right. it's going to be like this pervy comedy thing. I'm calling the and, cops. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> Let me tell you, this show is not a comedy. <laughs> no, not well. There are yeah, there yeah. are light there are light moments, and it's not like all completely you know dour you know whatever like cynical it's pretty cynical but not entirely like there are there are lighter moments and I think yes I, they w- do. I, would, I would call the show cynical without being um mean spirited like mean spirited about it yes yeah that, that, that's that's probably fair and they yeah, it, you no, know I, I i will say they do sneak in some breast, breastfeeding jokes but well yes. um you just but, gotta, but, at that point you know, more more than anything, this show is supposed to be like scathing critique of the entertainment industry, right? So, like, yes, it is not like a, you know, the the I I would still consider it more of a drama than a comedy overall, even though there are some like goofy moments here <clears throat> and there, right? Yeah. So, and it is certainly not like what, like you said, it it fights completely against your initial concept of what that premise would be, right? Oh, I mean, it makes you care about. I mean, it, it it is a thing of like. I mean, it's not one to one because I think that like the show I'm about to mention arrives at its real story much sooner, but it sort of reminds me of Erased of all things. I, yeah, I, right? was, I was thinking about that. Just like based Erased, on how people talk about this, right? Is also a story that initially think makes you think it's going to be about one thing. Then makes you realize it's about a second thing, a second thing that you might groan at, and then quickly establishes in its second and third episode that actually this is worth it. Like this is worth investing in. And I feel like Oshinoko does something similar over the course of its five episodes. Like at most, I think like if you were like very aggressive, you could maybe cut out like ten minutes out of this premiere. But I really do think that like like this. You know, like, not to, like, beat a dead horse, but, like, this is sort of the thing we were complaining about with Trigun last season, right? Is that right, right. he wants us to care about these things, but it doesn't, it isn't willing to invest the time to make yeah, us care. It just assumes Oshino- you'll care because you're watching. Right. right. Oshinoko understands, like, that, like, I, I mean, I, Hoshino, so the, the titular, uh, you know, she, the, the, the idol, she is fine, but like I would not be invested in her personally if it were not for the fact that I watched like eighty minutes of this character living her life, you know, firsthand, right? right? And right. yeah, I think where I now arrive with Oshinoko, and maybe we should get into a little bit of its second episode, is I think that the first episode ends with a very strong statement of intent. Right, like, like I, I, I broadly enjoyed most of the the premiere, but I was not truly like locked in until like I realized what this story was really about. Right, like, oh, yeah, 
this is not just a scathing critique of the entertainment industry. This is also now a murder mystery. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think where I stand with Oshinoko is, well, that's where I was locked in, right? I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. And then episode two starts and we are back to the entertainment industry stuff, right? We are, we now cut to Aquamarine and Ruby grown up, they're teenagers or, or in middle school, I think. And, it's back to, oh, you know, Ruby wants to be an idol and Aqua wants to solve the murder, but is doing so in by the most <laughs> roundabout. Yeah. <laughs> the most like long roundabout way, indirect way possible. Right. And involves getting a job in the entertainment industry or right, something. Exactly, yeah. Right. So it's yeah. still, we still arrive at the same point of both kids are going to be entering the entertainment industry. And it's like that thing of like, I don't mind that aspect of the show. In fact, I want this show to keep being a scathing critique of the entertainment industry. But now that you have sold me on the other half of what you purport this show to be, right? Damn, I need to see some more of that. You know, and yeah. Um, so, I, I I think I think I'm in the same boat, G. Where the first, yeah, I, I, we'll just keep calling it the first episode for the sake of continuity. For clarity, here. yeah, yes. The first episode is, I, I described it as the most ambitious thing Dogakobo has ever done. I Without a doubt. Saying that. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. It, it's, it's very ambitious, cinematic. It's, it's big emotional gut punches. Um, there's, there's a lot going on. It's, it's, even though it's 90 minutes, it's still moving pretty quick. Like we're, we cover yeah. like 10 plus years of time, right? over maybe more maybe 20 actually if we could go all the way back of you know we we cover a pretty big period of time um and when you get to episode two it feels like a normal anime if that makes sense like (laughs) yeah no i get you um you know if we go back to my my kind of example earlier Episode two feels like the episode one of the lesser anime where you would just inject that, you know, five minute flashback into it. But it's but but what happens in the episode still feels very like conventional, predictable, like exactly what you would expect from, you know, this this type of anime or whatever. You know, the main the main guy, he's he's, you know, super smart, you know, and he's kind of but he's kind of uh you know, aloof. I don't know, mean, aloof. Yes, he's kind of a and, shithead. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm fine with saying that. I mean, I'll, I'll be real. I mean, I have to remember that he's not a kid; that he is an adult, yes. mentally, and judge and him I, accordingly. Yeah, because, I like, think. Yeah, go ahead. There, there's like a there's like a segment in the second episode that I mean, look, I'm gonna be real. I'll admit, I'm speaking from personal experience here. I'm shooting, I'm shooting from the heart on this one. <laughs> I. Did not love, but but then I remember. Okay, but also this is an adult man, so this makes sense. I I do not love his rather mean spirited response to the director trying to give advice about like one's path in life, right? right? Like, like you think the director is about to give the classic like it's never too late to start over speech, right? Because he's talking about how like you know whether you're twenty or thirty or forty, like you can always like. You know, failure is a part of being an adult and like, you know, 
Mm-hmm. It's it's though they don't define you, right? Yeah. But then they also make it very clear that the, the the director, the film director in question, who does appear in the first episode, um, and has now taken um Aquamarine under his wing, is also like he he's a director and he seems to be a fairly a decently successful film director, but also he still lives with his mom, right? He still lives in his family mm-hmm. home. Yeah. Right? right. And it's kind of used as like it's meant it's meant to invalidate his advice, basically. Like, right, like, like oh, Aquamarine even literally mom, says, man. like, this advice sure rings hollow from a loser who still lives with his mom, you know? <laughs> and it's like I mean, not <laughs> wrong, but also come on, dude. Like, you think it's easy being an artist, you know, doing art for a living. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <laughs> right. Um But again, this is a medical this is a medical professional from a STEM profession. Yeah. And I have to remember, yeah, no, of course a doctor would of look course. down on an artist, right? right? Like, of course, yeah. of course a medical practitioner would look down and I, on I think, arts. I think at this point, like, mentally, he's probably almost the same age, right? Like, yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. another 10 years right. has gone by since the beginning, yeah, so, so, like, like, yeah, if, if a dude who's, like, you know, if I'm, you know, 40, whatever, and the dude that's a year older than me is trying to give me life advice, I'm going to be a little uh, <laughs> skeptical, yeah, it's, but... It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there's that. I also think, you know, as we're kind of, I, 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 I hate to get heavy into the negative stuff, because I, I think I'm overall positive on everything that's happened, but there's mm-hmm. definitely some things that are holding it back for me, just being like, oh, this is amazing, anime of the year, you know, whatever. Um, so this is written by Aka Akasaka, I think if mm-hmm. I saying that correctly i have the right amount of akas in there but uh <laughs> who is most known as the writer of kaguya-sama love is war right and i think these stretch of nearly five episode length of dialogue has made me realize he's probably better at writing comedy than serious dialogue i would agree um there there's a lot of long monologues of people saying things that real human beings don't say um like real human <laughs> beings don't talk like yeah. a lot of talking um i if you did not tell me that this was a manga i would think it was a novel or light novel adaptation because there's just a lot of there, there, there's a specific long... wordiness to it yeah. yeah it's like we're not talking like nisio eisen tier but like uh... it's in that neighborhood a little bit like Maybe it's like Nisio Ice in suburbs. I don't know. But, <laughs> same like, neighborhood. It, it, it's the, the same. Like, it, and again, not nearly as like up its own ass, but like. Right. Wh- what they're saying is still like believable and accurate to the human experience, let's say. But they're not talking like people would talk, right? You know. Right. So, um, and it, it, if I look back on Kaguya-sama, the, when they do get serious, it's the same type of writing, but those moments are kind of few and far between, right? So like, you don't really notice one. it as much. And like, I assume but when you have to watch comedy, ninety, right? Assume when comedy, you have to watch like, like everything's so overblown already that having yeah. Somewhat so when so when you have yeah, right. So when you have your one melodramatic dialogue moment, it it it's fine. But when like most of your dialogue is like that. And it's not unbearable or anything. It just, I, in some ways, like, I didn't love that part of it. I but. mean, I, I totally agree with you, Jill. And I feel like it all actually centers back on one character, right? It's Aquamarine, right? Like, it's. Yes, because he's our he main is, perspective character. He's our main right? perspective, and he is the dour, cynical, serious one. And I think that, like, in a lot of ways, he sort of ends up becoming 
like his personality is sensible when you think about his circumstances, but also yeah. I feel like yes, the, the the story's greatest flaws I feel like exist in his orbit, um, and I feel like that's a very careful balance you have to establish because, like for example, like uh, something we find out in the second episode is it turns out that Aquamarine, um, you know, the, the 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 male twin of the two has basically been secretly sabotaging his sister's, like, uh, 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 um, Wait, her idol career, Yikes. idol career, like, yeah, for so years now. He, so, so his thing is, like, he's apparently naturally a good actor or something, right? And so he uses his acting skills to pose as, like, the, you know, casting director or whatever and, and call her and say, you didn't get the job or whatever, because he doesn't, he doesn't want her to follow in her mother's footsteps as an idol, um, because like the idol industry is bad, or yes, and it did not go well for her. I, are we in spoiler territory mother, now? Yeah. Or I mean, are we, all right, we might as well. I mean, I already called the show but... a murder mystery. Also, Eros yeah. said the thing he did at the very Sorry, beginning of all this. I thought my understanding was that was <laughs> yeah. That's just stuff. So, the stuff I'd heard about this this series. I would say ago, that right? part is not well known, or it is okay. not common knowledge. My yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Spoilers, everyone. Pause to skip if you like. Uh, their mother gets murdered at the end of the first episode, and that becomes sort of the inciting event for Aqua to basically devote the rest of his life to finding. He suspects their real father is behind it, who we have not met, mm-hmm. and so his his mission is now to find their real father and kill them with his own hands, <laughs> and. Okay. When they, and again, because they took the time to build it up, when that moment happens, they're like, yeah, no, that, that, uh, that checks, that checks yeah, out. Fair play. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's, Killed my let's favorite find idol. Him. It was also my mob. Um, <laughs> and so, so that, that part's good. It's just like when we, again, get to episode two, I feel like, well, I guess also she gets murdered when they're like, maybe at most five years old or something, right? Yeah, like, or, yeah, young, very young. Yeah, four four or five years old, right? And then, so there's a there's a time, so there's time to cool down, right? Because he has to have 10 years to grow up, right? And then, uh, you know, when episode two starts, we're now, they're now, you know, teenagers. And, you know, there's been some time to cool down, I guess. And I don't know. But, yeah, I just... I hope the show did not peak too early. <laughs> yeah, is that, that my, is very my, much my fear. That's my summary because the first episode is so like intense and like powerful, and I did not get that same energy in episode two. And it's going to take not. a while. Uh, it's going to take a while to build that back up. I think. Which you I know, think so. if we've got a whole season, you know, we've got. I don't know how the episodes are going to pan out. How much they're counting the first episode in the runtime, but right. like. If we got another, you know, eight to ten episodes to flush things out, I think there's a lot of potential there. For sure. And, uh, you know, I think before we move on from this show, I mean, we just got to shout it out, man. You you ever you ever hear an OP so good? <laughs> Yo, the OP that, slaps. Dude, fucking leave it to, like, fucking leave it to Yoasabi, you know? Uh, Yoasabi also did the first uh, uh, Witch from Mercury OP, also did uh, the, the Beastars stuff. ED. Yeah. And OP, yes. Uh, um, two, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, just, uh, just a, a stone-cold killer when it comes to anime intros. And um, 
Yeah, yeah. You ever you ever hear an OP again. so good you just you decide to implicitly trust a sh- trust a show sites? <laughs> <laughs> mm, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll be straight up, like you know, like we talk about like the strength of like editing and like all that shit. The end of the first show, the end of the first episode leading into the OP, yes, is a really strong moment. <laughs> yeah, that alone just sells you, like yeah, yeah, ah, uh, yeah. Also, you know, maybe it's just my monkey brain neuron activation meme, but you put Yoasabi <laughs> vocals on top of a, like, sort of rap trap adjacent beat. Yep. And I become I become the neuron activated monkey. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's that's music. <laughs> yeah, if, if, yeah, I think there's gonna be two in this in this podcast. There's gonna be two incidents of total G catnip. That's one of them, and then the other is gonna be the the events of Mobile Suit Gundam: The Witch from Mercury. This oh this yeah, week. baby, we're so we're, we'll, we're getting to that later. We'll, we'll get into that later, but yeah. So again, I just hope this show did not peak too early and can live up to the mm-hmm. ambition of the first episode. Um, and I, you know, I, the one last thing that I did not really mention. Dogakobo, when they're at their a their like a game top yeah. talent, they are up there with everybody. They do great work when they're not making like things. horrible lolicon bait. Uh, yes, it's really um, nice to see Dogakobo using their powers for good for once. It's yeah. been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> they've uh-huh. used their powers for good, and mm-hmm. just nice to see them uh, making something so ambitious that take finally is like taking advantage of their their talents so all right enough of these uh pretenders to the throne here uh-huh let's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's talk about the uh the real queen of uh spring 2023 season perhaps the all of 2023 or maybe even all time uh <laughs> let's talk about birdie wing golf girl story uh, uh, line. it's happening they- they laid it all out there in these past uh, <laughs> couple episodes. Yeah, we uh, we I have to say some of these things out loud. So uh-huh. we, we, oh, ra- we, ra- yeah. we wrapped up the golf tournament mm-hmm. at the end, which uh, oh I have to mention uh, one of my personal favorite moments in this block of episodes. Uh, as we're approaching the end of the tournament, Aoi is feeling a little inadequate as she has some kind of mysterious golf disease and uh-huh. also you know eve is playing like one percent better than her so um she she gets some coaching from coach amaro in which he uh shows her a swing one time and yes. and begins yeah. glowing with spiritual energy and and mm-hmm. Aoi stands there with her arms outstretched palms Palms yeah. forward, arms outstretched as she receives the holy blessing of this yeah. golf swing, <laughs> uh, which she only has to see once because it's in her DNA. It's, it's her, in her yeah. soul. It's her one true authentic swing. You know? It's her so. one true authentic swing. And so she gets her power up so she can keep pace with Eve. This right? is her true inheritance. Yeah. Yes. And God, just it's the like, image you know, of her like. It's like, like, like Goku to accept his Saiyan blood to allow yes. him to see Frieza. <laughs> yeah. So. That that was great, and but she's but she still she still has the golf disease, so she can only get like one good shot in, right? Yeah. And, uh-huh. and then it's all Eve has to end it now because if because Aoi won't be able to take the next shot, and so Eve is forced to use the orange bullet again, mm-hmm. and Which as we know, hidden memories. 
as we know, the orange bullet, as we learned from Indazone, uh, the orange bullet this puts a great mental strain on the user, and we've already uh-huh. seen that this shakes up Eve's brain so that she starts to remember the things that she forgot when she had got amnesia. And uh-huh. This yep. time, as she uses the orange bullet, it all comes back to her, the memories of her true parents, and it unlocks her uh, her inheritance the the rainbow swing a swing that is uh uh-huh. what what is what is the description like if you make if you swing without regrets or something like that or yeah yeah the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, it makes a rainbow, it makes a rainbow. It, yeah. it, and she hits the perfect shot to win the tournament they play the op uh uh-huh. and you know everything's great until it's time for eve to reckon with who her true parents are uh huh gasp that's when all the drama, uh, the, all the drama hits in the second episode of this block. And I will say, uh, <clears throat> Iroh, you you were mostly right. You were on the right track. Yeah, I think uh, we may have gotten the the actual parents mixed up a little bit, but uh, I knew there was no way in hell that even Aoi were sisters. There was no way point. they would, uh, you know, they they, 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 would, they made everybody sweat by 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 going yeah. no kissy. At the camera, yeah, yeah, no, we we were all sweating. We were thinking, uh oh, we got to update the tags on this ship. Oh, yeah, and, uh, I, I I got to watch a week of internet discourse of people being like, put it next to kill a kill. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> oh god, um, so they had to make that clear as soon as possible for everyone. Last so second swerve. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. they can continue to uh, to, you know, keep that ship Amp up the sexual tension. I think the final yeah. clincher for me, real like. Uh, so like I was already like, of course Samara must be uh, Aoi's father. But then yes. the the thing that made me go, God, duh, of course, is that her mother's name is Sarah, Sailor, Sailor Mass, Amaro and Sailor. It was staring yeah. us in the face at all time, yeah. this whole time, which, which, which almost guarantees <laughs> that Sarah is siblings of is is Leo's sibling, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, because right. Sarah and Char, uh-huh. Sayla and Char are brother and sister, uh, which just <laughs> really Lisa, makes it yeah. so delightful that this fucking golf anime is also it's like a, a weird fan. AU Gundam fan. <laughs> AU Gundam, yes, <laughs> yeah, golf AU. And anyway, so yes, yeah, so <laughs> long and short of it, oh, Eve reveals fuck. that her f- true parents, Eve's true parents, uh, are a woman named Eleanor Burton from from the Fresse and Kazuhiko, who was nominally Aoi's father, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason for this that is all explained in the next episode is that Sarah, Amaro, mm-hmm. and 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 Kazuhiko were the three scions of the Amawashi Gulf Zaibatsu. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and that uh, Pretty uh, wings Sarah's hero. Yes, Sarah's father wanted to create the greatest Gulf dynasty that ever lived. And um uh, yeah. As a result, you know, sent them off on their journey to dominate the world yeah. of golf. But wow, it is revealed wow, wow. that uh, Sarah's father. The RX. Yeah. Yes. The RX clubs. Yes. God. <laughs> um, but yes, it turns out that Sarah's father is a real old fashioned type and has promised the hand of Sarah to whoever can win the next big final golf tournament between Amaro and Kazuhiko. But Sarah only loves Amaro. The two are, in fact, already lovers. And uh, uh, Sarah has no interest in marrying Kazuhiko. 
So naturally, at the big golf tournament, Amaro gets hit by his golf cancer uh-huh. and is yeah, forced to resign yeah. from the tournament. Despite that he being, was a, he was winning, right? He was winning. Yes, yes. Of course, he would have uh, won, won if uh, yes, the so, golf so cancer. Uh, so in, in a hell of a gambit, <laughs> those Sarah acting up. Yes. So in what hell of a last ditch gambit, Sarah and Amaro conceive a child out of wedlock. And informs her father before she can be married <laughs> off to Kazuhiko that she is already pregnant with Amaro's child. <sighs> then Kazuhiko returns yeah. mm-hmm. from his tour in Europe. Yeah, well, he well after man. yeah after he gets the news that because I yeah. don't think he wanted to marry her either, right? Like that yeah, was the, yeah. the so he he like he to, basically. If we, the ta- if, we put the team, if we put the timeline together, it's he arrives back in Japan, haggard, assuming his family died in a boating accident, but but understanding Sarah's situation. And, no, no, uh, the boating accident right? happens later. Does it? No, no. What, the explanation is not that. Uh, the explanation is not that Kazuhiko thinks that uh, his lover from the Fresse has died. What is it that he doesn't know that they conceived a child? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kazuhiko it's, does not no, find that he, out. It's just because when he comes back, he's like. Haggard. I mean, he looks so really messed up. Yeah. My, my, I, I don't, did they, I don't know if they, did they give an explanation for that? Because my thought was, is this after he had his, it was, it was this after, oh, my, after he my had assumption, his battle with Leo or whatever. Didn't no, because remember, Amaro no, was the right. one who fights Oh, Amaro was the one that yeah. fought Leo, right? Yes. Okay, Amaro was yeah. the one who was permanently yeah. scarred from fighting, from fighting Leo. That, that was right? killed in golf, right? Yep. Right. I mean, that's right. why we have that whole thing of like, remember, when Amaro shows, uh, shows Aoi the magic yes, swing, he can only it's an all might situation. Yeah. He can only do it once before his right. body is racked with intense pain. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my, assumption, my, 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 my assumption with Kazuhiko looking haggard at the reveal was a combination of getting the news from Amaro, but also my assumption was like Kazuhiko must have already fallen in love with Eleanor. In right, he did not want to do this. Right, yeah. and he didn't. Wa- he also did not want to marry um, um, Sarah. Right, and right. so they cut. They established the deal that they will raise Sarah and Amaro's child. That Kazuhiko he, will. I- will he, he basically agrees to save the child because Grandpa's yeah. like, you know, you're going to abort that baby. And oh, he, like, he wants to abort that baby in an instant. Also, side, really, yeah. side note, side note, haven't they previously depicted Grandpa as like this kind of goofy a very old man? doting Grandpa. He, like, yes. Doting also, Grandfather. Like, he also lives in a fucking Yakuza mansion. Right? I, I know, and but like, like. Has golf but like now, out. out. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's it, like, it that's out the window now. a very different light, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, he, he like, like smacks his daughter and says, go get an abortion. I mean, come on. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. yeah. When, no, like, when like in season one, he was he was giving Aoi like her favorite cakes from Hokkaido. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, if you want to be generous, you can always assume this is the case of like, even if the child was born under unfortunate circumstances, mm-hmm. like familial love won out in the end anyway. Alternatively, Sarah's dad is kind of just a piece of shit. I mean, and yeah. as we'll see soon, Sarah's also inheriting some of the the manipulator gene. Right, right. Well, like, I mean, this is the thing, right? This whole this whole show is about the sins of the father or mother <laughs> yeah. in this case, right? It, it just, is children inheriting... You know, uh-huh. The guilt of their parents. The uh-huh. <laughs> just well, like, what it, just like you guys to go to the witch for Mercury. Did you guys? Did you guys see the? T- did you guys? Did you guys see the title of the episode? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it? I'm pull it up real quick. Oh man, um, what was it again? 
the strange fates of two generations of young people who were caught up in the ego of adults. That yes, is the episode yes. 16. God, that's title. Title. It's, it's, um, it's a hoot to me because, like, the early episodes of the show were just called, like, Rainbow Bullet or VR. Right. And then at some point, the episode titles <laughs> became, like, a Bacano episode titles, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, we've got Final Bullet, then each of us told me wants to be pro caddy. No, no matter how tall we grow, it will never reach the sun. Are Aoi and Eve okay together? The doubles championship begins. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. But um, he might drive a dog to kill, but we'll never break him. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the summary. <laughs> yeah, no, so like so so yes, and and uh, so long story short, eventually though, Kazuhiko does find out that he sired a child with his with his European lover. And mm-hmm. um that is that what child. motivates him to return to Nefresse, where he meets uh, Eve for the first time yep. and teaches her golf and we find out that Eve like Aoi has a genetic predisposition towards being a great golfer mm-hmm. but uh, unfortunately then Eve's family is killed in a tragic and as far as I can tell totally <laughs> mundane no euphemism boating accident there's no way that like, that was an accident though right yeah, this Leo, is what I'm saying right? Leo, boating Leo, hit a golf, is... Leo hit a golf ball on the Cape of Good Hope and shot a wave <laughs> across the earth to knock over that cruise ship in your front oh, Leo, Leo used the spin <laughs> yeah, to, to, to <laughs> alter the currents of the ocean <laughs> you know, golf act 4 uh. oh my god but um and that's how we get to the modern day of Eve. Eve survives the boating accident, gets the scar, gets amnesia, and then is raised in the ways of golf from Leo. And so now we have a situation. <laughs> uh, so now we have the situation where Aoi has inherited Amaro's golf and mm-hmm. and and the and the Amawashi you know fortune and resources yes. against Eve, who has inherited the teachings of both Kazuhiko and Leo. And mm-hmm. uh, we kind of have that set up as our final rivalry, right? They part ways, tear, tears in the rain, right? Uh-huh, After yeah. the big reveal. You know, Eve does her fucking asshole gaijin I'm smash I'm not here it. to make friends. Right, yeah. like she's not even like, she doesn't even try to be remotely comforting to Aoi. She's just like... Aoi, who is upset because she still thinks that she's her sister. And yeah, There's uh, this, incre- yeah. this exchange I thought was hilarious where... <laughs> Eve is like, you know, we've got different fathers, or whatever, and uh, <laughs> I always like, no, are you saying my father would lie? And Eve's like, are you saying my father would lie? Yeah. Basically, it's like, oh man, it's, uh, Eve's uh, are you Eve's my proof. father's a liar. Yeah, Eve's proof is that she can do the rainbow swing, and she actually uh-huh. there's that that screen cap where uh-huh. she's gently caressing Aoi's face and she's like I can do the rainbow swing don't you see like it's so good so I mean like the way this has to escalate right is I mean in some regards right I mean I, I, I am delighting in this but like uh-huh. the narrative trend of this is that we are now setting up Eve to kind of be the final villain yeah so here's Rui. here's my alright I want to get into my crazy theory of where we go from here because I feel like we've 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 gotten all of our crazy theories have been based around their who their parents are, and that's now out of the way, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we have to now like where are we going, right? So Ira, you had a good point where it did feel like this was kind of like where it felt like season one was supposed to end, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like the, at least at least at the golf tournament part, right? Like that mm-hmm. seemed to be when they play the OP at the end of the golf tournament. That felt like that should have been the end of season one, right? And so now it's like, what are we going to get into now? And the episode 
between the, the end of the episode and what we see in the previews, Eve's going to get deported, right? Yep. Right. Sarah going is back. like, Sarah is like, I can't let Aoi realize the truth. I need to get rid of Eve. Because she, re- she, re- she finds out that when Eve co- competed in her first tournament, she used the last name Alion, which mm-hmm. is a tip-off that the mafia. The golf she, mafia was, she was involved with the golf mafia, and she doesn't want her daughter getting involved in the golf mafia. Mm-hmm. So, Eve's getting deported. We, we saw she's going to be back into uh, Nefrese, or however we say that. is back! And... We already know the hypnotic titty sweat are back. Yes, somehow, somehow, Vipar is coming back out of retirement, according to the preview. So, what if the mafia is still going to be after Mm. Eve when she comes back? Yes, she's going to strike some kind of deal with them. I think so. Yeah. What? What if she? What if she does take the Alion name for real and becomes like the new Rose as the boss of the mafia? Maybe. I was actually thinking that right because like. The thing that's going to happen, right, is that Eve needs a way to get back to Japan, right? But she's been mm-hmm. deported. So only through mafia connections would she be able to have enough clout to get back in illegally. And it's going right? to be the golf mafia. Mm-hmm. And she has, she's going to have yeah, to do yeah. something to both survive Prepare and protect. down the Amawashi Zaibatsu. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and she's going to have to do something to... She's going to have to strike some kind of deal to protect herself and her family in, in the Fresi, right? So, like... Yeah. Is this going to be Eve's Golf Mafia versus Ella's Golf Saibatsu uh, yeah. <laughs> world global conflict? Versus the light side. Uh, in, the, in, in the end, uh, I think I kind of like, I don't know what the details are going to be like, but I kind of feel like that's generally the direction we're going to be headed. You know, and in the end, they'll be, they'll be fighting with golf clubs and Abaku. Yeah. And in the, in the <laughs> end, it has to be this way, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know? You know? And then they'll they'll both remember that the true villains are the, you know, zombie family. Well, and then they'll uh, kiss at the end, right? Uh-huh. Please, <laughs> yeah. But, and a new type uh, flash will happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 truly you know <laughs> we we've said it a million times. We've been like, damn, without the Gulf Mafia, how the how could Birdie Wing possibly keep staying interesting? It's finding the way. They figured <laughs> and it just out. bringing the Gulf Mafia back. So really, yes, best yes, of both so. worlds. Exactly. Yeah. As um, as much as I enjoyed the golf tournament, I am glad that we're not just going to be like onto the next set of golf superpower girls yeah. to fight. Well, I mean, like, so, I, I would have enjoyed that, but this is so much well, better. I think in many ways, the golf tournament actually exposed what I think may be a critical weakness, a potential critical weakness of Birdie Wing, mm. which is that. Uh, the semifinals match was way more interesting because their rivals had stands, right? Right. Whereas Which the actual like, finals right. was kind of boring because they were just regular good golfers. It's funny because right. it's, it's almost like the semifinals pushed them hard enough to level up to a point where yeah. the finals didn't matter, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of exactly what it is, right? Yeah. Well, so. I do think I don't. I think we haven't seen the last of the the top ranked girl that they beat in the finals because right because she also she, considers herself a true protege of Kazuhiko. Yeah. So yeah. she's gonna. She I think she's Rainbow gonna side. get. I think she. I. I would. I would almost guarantee she will get one of the color powers. Right. Like sure. Yeah. Some kind of color power, but uh, which which is all to say. 
I, I don't mean this in the way, I don't mean this word in the way that conservatives have appropriated mm. this term, but uh, is Kazuhiko a golf groomer? Like, it seems like he spent a lot of his career just, like, approaching random, like, young girls and then teaching them his, the like, super swing. secret golf arts. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, one of them was his daughter. I mean, Leo's doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just, it's, yeah. I mean, we didn't even mention Leo has a new protege named Aisha, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. So, we were talking about this earlier. It's like going back to Nefrese lets us golf against more wackadoo people yeah, who aren't, exactly. aren't in the structure of being pro golfers, right? Right. Like, Eve can golf against. Aisha, the like genius ten year old golfer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, the, the possibilities are endless, and I love it. Yeah, just um, absolutely love it. Yeah. Also, just obviously, I, I would have liked to watch the show like last season, but having aired this season, and then having the stuff with Sarah, Sarah and Ali is particularly goofy when the show airs. You know. Two days from which Mercury. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's particularly goofy, right? It's, it's so it's, fun uh, watching two Gundam shows. If you move forward, you gain two, Owie. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> this is the spectral chains wrap around. Oh, oh my god. god! Yeah, dude. This I mean, cool. Sarah Amawashi is is in the is trying to compete with Lady Prospera, Lady Prospera. for yeah. for for Mom of the Year in scare quotes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so funny. <laughs> I, I'll admit I was totally wrong on her. Uh, I took the bait on her looking like Eve and possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we all did. You know, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it felt obvious at the time. Right. But. <sighs> oh, man. Yep. All right. Wow. Well, Birdie love that Birdie. show still continues. Anime of the year. No. <laughs> Anime of the year. Birdie wing. But we do have some other good anime to talk about. Yeah, we do. We do. Oof. Let's talk about uh, Heavenly Delusion, or I guess I should I should add the actual Japanese title because that's what officially it appears oh, that's on what Hulu calls it. Oh, seriously, on Hulu. Uh, do you, what is it? G. Uh, uh, Ten Goku Daimakyo. Yes, I'll put it back on the show notes so that it's both there at this point. But um, I'll admit I broke down and re upped my Hulu subscription because I was away <laughs> from home and it was the only way I could watch it in time. Ah, damn! Dang. They got you. They got. That's how they get you. But I only got the seven ninety nine version and not the fourteen ninety nine version. So take that, Hulu. Um, yeah, you really showed them by giving really them showed money. you. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm canceling. I'm canceling this thing as soon as the show is over. I got a mouse. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but, uh, Heavenly yeah, Delusion. A couple, couple more uh, pretty pretty big reveal ba uh, heavy episodes. <laughs> I, I, I'm enjoying that they are answering questions with questions for the most part. Yes. Uh, also, this show just looks so good visually. <laughs> yeah, like as as me and Eero were sort of talking about that, I'm sure you 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 you'll know this feeling, Gel. It's crazy that the monsters are hand drawn in this anime, right? Yeah, because like they they're not they CG. could very easily be CG. Like right. the way they're like, designed and the everything. Fish, the fucking fish hand with the hands fish. in the fourth episode, just hand drawn, like fucking scrambling on the side of that boat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you imagine for the listeners, you can imagine hand animating tentacles, basically, but with hands right. on the end, yeah, which is even more complicated. Oh, totally. And it's all hand animated. Yeah. yeah. Production IG threw a lot behind this one, which is which is wild to me, but. And sad because uh, I, I don't think anybody's watching it. Um, <laughs> thanks, Hulu. <laughs> thanks, Hulu. Uh, 
but uh, but no, yeah, yeah there's I, a, I, just, a lot. I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. You know, as the as, as this is all new to you guys. Um, man, uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. I I was worried. I think that would just be sort of um, bog standard post apocalypse type stuff. And like, there's I think some of that stuff still happens, but yeah. then like. Yeah, once it's, as Jell said, once answering questions with more questions, like, you know, Kiriko, Kiruko explains the whole, uh, mind, I have the mind of a man inside of me. And so, of course, we get this flashback to Tokyo where they're racing go-karts and stuff, right? And monsters happen and Kiruko has a circular scar around the top of her head. Yes, I mean, and, well, uh, so the thing we find out, right, is that um, mm-hmm. there were a tup- there was a pair of siblings once named uh, uh, Kiriko and um, Haruki. Yeah. Haruki, yes, yes, yeah. and that so, uh, Kiriko is Haruki in Kiriko's body. Did you think? Did you guys think it would literally be like a brain transplant, the, like fucking- a brain transplant situation? No, I just thought it would be some kind of magic, right? Like, I don't know, yeah. Like, they yeah, might I mean, I it inside the stomach of a man eater or some shit. Right? Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't which have. Kind uh, of might have happened actually, but I, I gosh. wouldn't. I mean, I don't think any explanation mm. would have surprised me given the context of the show so far. I mean, right. we've got these you know weird fantasy monsters running around. Like, it's mm. I'll, I'll accept pretty much any explanation at this point. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, again, that is another question being answered with a question here. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know she. At, least, at the very least, thinks that her brother is inside. Is is, is just, she's her brother, uh, or he's her sister? I don't know how you want to describe that, but you know, they were, what actually they were, happened. Uh, so I don't think they were actually siblings. Like, they yeah, were, I don't think they were. They physically, were they were like, in an orphanage or something. And also, right. there was the whole doofy scene in like the first episode where where Kiruko is like gonna Kissing make out with her reflection right because, yeah that certainly has a different context because, now that you know some yeah, things because yeah. the haruki is ha for kiriko uh yes even if he is now inside of kiriko uh yeah anyway um mm-hmm. yeah so we had the one episode that was primarily the flashback to explain all that um a lot yeah. of children dying this week um yeah <laughs> yeah graphic fashion <laughs> uh and the yeah, so we get that, and we got some more of the school or whatever that kind yeah. of more mm-hmm. futuristic looking places know, that yeah. we don't know. Yeah, these, these we don't kids know a lot are, of about yet. These kids are trying new things out. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and all the adults going no, we didn't teach them that. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on there that we just I. I, I love it because it's it's a lot of I, I like the way that they're teasing things and not mm-hmm. giving you answers. It's not like frustrating, yeah. but also interest like intriguing. Um, but I think the biggest thing is I it appears like is there some connection between like are they making the man eaters there or something? Is that they've got the weird baby baby creatures? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. which who ma- knows? Babies don't have which faces. Me, mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder: is this are these both happening at the same time, or is that the past? I, I mean, the, I don't know. The one kid's drawing the monsters on his sketchpad. Right? right. Did, was, didn't he draw the fish monster or something? Yep. And we saw yeah. it, saw it later. Yeah, and you so, know they they very conspicuously match like 
frog question mark girl who can walk on walls and stuff uh like next to fish with all which also is walking on walls with its hands uh you know like next to each other yeah there's yeah. a lot of creepy implications uh, there's definitely some parallels going on there mm-hmm. and the 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 fucking the foley work when that fish is scrambling oh, on dude. the wall yeah. uh you hear that I wet was... slap on metal yeah really oh, good yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. real uh, you just go like oh mm, ah. i don't, don't want to hear that sound and then they kill it with weed um <laughs> yeah, they sure do I think it's funny because I assume to a Japanese audience, knowing vaguely what I know about uh, Japan, they probably see the, the weed and go like, oh shit! Like, that's probably like so like serious to them that this, it shows how degenerate the post-apocalypse is, that this ship is transporting, you know, the devil's lettuce across <laughs> the sea. But like, to, to me, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep, they yeah, got some weed like, down. That's I mean, right. Yeah, we, we saw them growing it, you know, at the You're farm. Right. So, you know, yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't know what that's why I'm saying. Right. Well, I was saying, like, just to, like, to us, it would have to be like, yeah. and here are some, like, here are the stacks of crack cocaine, right? Right, like, vials of heroin or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Whereas over here, I can legally buy many things, right. uh, like, at a store that's yeah. literally, a, like, 100 feet from my front door. But, mm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, it's just so it continues to be an interesting mix between like the the, the post apocalyptic road trip show, mm-hmm. which I so far is you know my favorite part because I do like Kiriko and Maru's sort of like they're kind of they're kind of lovable dirtbags a little bit right as they're yeah, you yeah. Know, making their way to across These guys being dudes. Wherever they're, yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> just, just a couple of bros, uh, yeah, you know, making their way through, yeah. uh, making their way through the post-apocalypse, and then the the very stark contrast of the you know the institute and mm-hmm. whatever weird things are you know whatever high science magic things yeah, I mean, are going yeah. on over you, there. You guys didn't even mention the pregnant AI god that lives yeah, in the I'll facility. <laughs> yeah, I think, there's some yeah. some weird, creepy things going I, on. I think my my favorite thing about the institute in the episode is when like they sneak in to see the the horrible baby creatures, and then like the alarm mm-hmm. sounds, and uh, not only is it revealed that it sounded to draw the adults away from discovering the kids in there, uh, which has various other implications, but it's like you have the people who are ostensibly running this facility go like, "What does that? What does intruder?" Intruder found alert bait. I've never heard that before. Yeah. I don't know what to how, do about this. How familiar with this facility are even the people running it? Right, and exactly. That is, uh, yeah. And, and, then, and you definitely yes. begin to get a feel that, like, there are multiple levels of awareness at the facility. You yeah. have the children who are almost entirely unaware, right? Yep. You know, they're just the living their ideal lives. The rank you know, file you have, workers, yeah. Yes, you have you have your you know you have your adults who are you know aware of some truths to the facility, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have you know the AI and you know the old woman in the wheelchair who potentially know even more right about probably what is going on here. Them, yeah. You know, and then like yeah, knowing that there is some kind of AI uh, covering for these kids, yeah, that has its own earlier stuff into uh, yes. into. Uh, 
into light because yeah, who, why who why why is this hack, AI? Yeah, who would hack the kids like test tablet to say, do you want to go outside? Who would hide the security cams? Who would send nudie pics to the other kids? <laughs> you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, spoof the cameras, like. Well, I um. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. I guess the only thing I would say, and this is kind of a minor thing, I guess, just my personal preference. I I find the show like it's it's visually stunning. I find it very intellectually interesting. I guess I'm not really emotionally into it yet, if that makes sense. Like, mm, I think that's fair. as far as like yeah, I, I would that. be yeah, yeah. with some of the other shows that I'm watching this right. season. I'm a little. Um, I am, I'm also like yeah, a little more like. I'm curious about what's going on rather than like, oh no, not Maru and Kiriko getting into danger. Right. right. And I do like I, them. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I think, like, I, think, I, do... I, think I think you have nailed something yeah. pretty well with this gel, which is that like Maru and Kiriko are a very likable duo. Yeah. Uh, the kids are compelling in their own way, but you don't necessarily quite have that like, like white hot character dynamic that makes you yeah. go like, 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 we talk about these other shows. I mean, as much as we're joking about, like, a birdie wing or something, like, you know, like, you need, you know, like, what what really grabs you, right, is a very strong character dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, something that really makes you go, I need to know what happens to this person next week, right? Like, yeah. in many ways, I think Heavenly Delusion's strength and weakness is that it is much more interested in the world right. than yeah. necessarily, like, the perspective of one individual character. Yeah, and I that mean, just be, might be my personal preference because yeah. oh, I tend to connect yeah. more with like the things that are like my favorite anime. I, I'm going to connect more like emotionally with the characters, and yeah, usually, usually there's going to be some more like, I guess more uh, connection to reality, if you will, like real emotions, like real pro- mm. metaphors for real world problems. Not that there's not any of that in here, but you know what I mean. It's like. Yeah. This feels more like a, a, a um, like you said, it's kind of a world building type of, which is fascinating. But. And, on, and on that front, like, because I think I feel this way, same as you, like the the expressive character animation is doing a lot of heavy lifting, actually. Or these characters, yes, yeah, yeah. I I wonder, I wonder how. It's a good question of like how much is the production. Do, how much work is the production doing in sucking me into this? Like, if this was just like you know garbage animation or something, would I, would I be interested? I don't know. I, I think question. I will say I think I think this is one of those works that is really benefiting from its production. I think mm. so. The way I would put it is I think some stories don't necessarily need the best production in the world to still tell a compelling story. Uh, right. Then you have. I think then you have stories like Heavenly Delusion, which I legitimately do enjoy the manga. But I think this is specifically a type of story that would suffer heavily from a poor production. Yeah. Mm. And having a good production is just allowing its best points to shine better while sort of papering over some of its weaknesses. I mean... Well, it allows you to have like... um, It allows you to have kind of a a subtlety to it that you can... inject a lot of like the personality and things yeah. with just the yeah. animation right, right? like I'm, Which... I'm sort of trying to like picture a version of the show in my head that's a little more static like that feels more panel to panel like some other adaptations right right and i'm like oh this i'm well 
way less <laughs> into this, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I I will say, right? It's like the manga does have it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've mentioned that they've you know mm-hmm. they've they've been editing here and there, right? Like I think the manga probably it, it makes up in its its more. Um, in-depth focus, I guess I would say. Right. right? I'm, like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the, mon- the manga is a different medium, so like, I'd be okay with yeah. it there, right? But no, it's like, like a less well-made anime. I'd be right. Less oh, totally. Concerned. You know, like, yeah. I just want to, like, 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 one example of this that I can now talk about is mm. that in the original manga, I think in, like, the first or second chapter, uh, Maru notices that Kiriko has a cranial scar. Oh, okay. And, like, yeah, yeah. you know doesn't comment on it. She, he just knows like, wow, like, damn, that's a gnarly looking scar on her head. I wonder what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so okay. you have stuff like that, that adds more to like the eventual mm-hmm. reveal of the mystery. Right. And I think, you know, the anime does not have time for every individual scene like that. And mm-hmm. so I think it is made up in its production, in the way it's character animation is, you know, it's, it's uh, the yeah. way everything moves. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, it imbues it with a different kind of life than the original source material, which I think is cool. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I hope people eventually check this out. <laughs> I I don't know if you guys, I haven't seen anybody talking about this other than us, nope. but. But um, I mean, I don't look at social media, but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I will admit, I think I had assumed the internet would be in an uproar over certain reveals about this uh-huh. show if it had aired on Crunchyroll or something. But because it has been doomed to Hulu obscurity, yeah. nobody has. Can't, right. enough, nobody, can't have an uproar if nobody's watching it. Exactly, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, Hulu. So, anyway. We got to talk about Gundam. I've lost track well, of time. <laughs> and, uh, all right. Speaking <laughs> of uproarious. It's a um, Gundam. Yeah. So Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, things going down. down. Dude, about. if it was just one episode, oh, this could no, go yeah. long. We have to talk just, about I just realized episodes. we did talk about last week, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So. Oh, baby. So yeah, I, I let me just say broadly, uh, if we were concerned that we were going to be spending a lot of time back in the status quo, um, mm-hmm. that does no, that's not going to happen. They should <laughs> put a robot-sized boot to that notion. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm on so, tape saying the the witch for Earth would um, start blasting and mess everything up. That yep. is what so they the first, start doing. Yes, which is not so that the hard first thing to figure out. But yeah. yeah, the first episode was like the. Let's essentially call it the duel with Sophie and Suleta, right? Yeah. Um, and which, you know, the gets basically um, cut short, like cut short. Yes, I, I, I was looking Apex, for the right word for that. Doing some Apex Legends three team stuff. Right, yeah. right. It starts off with a school, like a school-sanctioned battle royale um, between yeah. all the classes, all the houses. Right, everybody who's got beef with Soleta is taking this as an opportunity to, to, to get their shots in. Um, Cecilia stands up for the first time. I, I don't think it's the first little first time <laughs> she stood up, but she gets off the chair. I will mm-hmm. note it's very funny how lonely that room has become over right. the course it's of these her seasons. And the, the like. Kid with it's the Haro, yeah. It's just her and the Haro kid now. Like everybody's like dead or exiled or gone. <laughs> no more dueling committee. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah. So that gets interrupted by uh, um Sophie and Norea in their in their war crime Gundams from last season, yep. making everybody um, go, "Oh no, those two crazy girls are the ones right. who attacked us." 
Uh, their suits are not bound by the, like, dueling, like, low-caliber rules. Yeah. So they just start blasting with physical ammunition and lasers. They kill a kid. At least they kill one. That, they, they kill that poor gun tank. Yeah, they kill that guy in the gun tank. Shout-outs to, shout outs to like, so obviously, like, House to Turk is there. Uh, uh, Grassley is there. Rice Shadik's Battle Harem are there. And then you just have this, like, third, like, group of, like, just total, like, the most obvious, like, beige-colored jobbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just shout-outs to them I, for, hey, good hustle, man. Um, I, I was I was a little scared for Choo Choo in this fight. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm glad Choo Choo found as, her bloodlust again. But as Suleta's like only backup, right? Like, uh, yeah. I was a little scared for her I'll on this one. But quick, quick work yeah, with Choo Choo, where she yes. goes to shoot the thing, and then she, you know, her her PTSD from the Planqueta thing, and she, you know, she can't shoot. But then, you know, a few minutes later, she is back to being furious. Choo Choo. Right. right, and I think the thing that works there, right, is this is what yeah. I always talk about, about how economic G-Witch's storytelling mm-hmm. is, is that, like, in an ideal world, we would have had a whole episode devoted to Choo Choo's, like, trauma, right? right. But, sadly, Choo Choo is not a <clears throat> important enough character to get a full episode <laughs> devoted to her, so... We have her basically go through the motions at 4x speed, right? And the thing yeah, that yeah. works about her, right, is that it feels true to her character. Like, does it happen a little quickly? Yes, undeniably so. But Choo Choo does strike me as the type of person who, in the face of trauma, would use anger as a crutch to get over it, right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. like Choo Choo's not going to have, like, a moment of, like, clarity or revelation. She's going to punch herself in the gut and get angry. And right. th- that's what makes, like, a development like that work. And right. as a result, I found myself weirdly compelled by Sophie in a way that I did not expect in this episode, right? Where Yeah, where they, they, they try to make her character a little more complicated, right? Like, where it's like, well, she's, what they do is she's they psycho, Sophie, but then she's like... Right. She's a psychopath with like almost tragically basic like dreams. Right, she's yes. like, oh, I'm... They're like, why are you so crazy? She's like, I'm fighting because I want, I want so many things like a bed and food, right? And a shower, video games and manga, right? Yes. And it's like, it's you think about like, especially in the context of Gundam, right? You think right. about what have people fought for in Gundam? High-minded ideals, right? Political change, changes mm-hmm. to the planet itself, fascism, right? Like, yeah. there are so many things people have fought and killed for in Gundam, and to have a character mm-hmm. with like such again tragically basic desires, yeah. but she's still willing to commit to the same level of violence as other villains in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And like the first half of the series has been all about like duels with sometimes comically dumb low stakes things right and this girl just wants like fucking you know three hots in a cot man like (laughs) yeah yeah and i'll just throw into from the the next episode just because to reinforce like we see like later when the the the, the kids put together the grave for her right like Mm -hmm. there's they're they're trying to make it so she's not just oh she's this crazy terrorist that's murdering everyone we got to put her down right like Mm -hmm. it's more a little more complex than that is what what it for. does effectively is even if you you know i mean again like even choo calls out that like even choo the diehard anti-spacian recognizes that their actions are you know terrorist in nature but these aspects of the story help you understand how could somebody become radicalized like this right, right. how what drove you to this point 
Right. What drove like someone to the point of I need to commit murder because that will get me like three meals a day, you know? And yeah. what the second of these two episodes enforces is it's because of the status quo of the Benaret group, right? Is this imperialist capitalist like grip on the world that has driven these people mm-hmm. to such violent means. And I got to give shout outs to Sophie's voice actor. Uh, she. Oh, like her uh, screaming and howling and <laughs> her panting. Her howls, like, some really good howls of anguish in this episode. Yeah. Or just uh, like as a result tr- of trying to scream while out of breath. Like, yeah, right. And, and you know, and she is screaming because Suleta's, uh, well, not maybe perhaps not Suleta, but um, Aerie uh, has is- taken the reins of, yep. of, uh, of Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> frying her frying her brain out with the data storm. Like, yeah, and uh this is where we finally confirm that uh, uh yes, right. Lady Prospera has put her first daughter, Eric Samaya, mm-hmm. into the Gundam Ariel somehow. <laughs> right? Her right, yep. consciousness now resides in the Gundam. Mm-hmm. And that is what allows Saleta to use the Gundarm technology without mm-hmm. a negative effect is because she's never used the Gundarm technology. Right. She is just it saying, has always hey, been airy. She's just saying, hey, do this, and Ariel yes. does it. And, you know, I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. people say, oh man, that show's going full Evangelion. And <laughs> I think that sometimes that's a, that's mm-hmm. reductive. It's too simplistic. I think Lady Prospera might be trying to affect human instrumentality here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of like she literally it's a says on the nose. We'll, yeah. She, I mean, she literally says we'll all soon be joining Air, you know, Aerie in the fucking right. Quiet <laughs> in the Zero. Store. Cry, yeah. Quiet Zero seems to be a or like I feel like the the clear implication is it's some kind of plan to like digitize everyone's consciousness, right? Like right. or and like connect them uh, with with the data within the data storm. Right, uh, it's it's. Uh... Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, and then the uh, second yeah. episode of yeah. these two happens. The second to... episode, yes. Uh, which episode fifteen of the Witch for Mercury, which does not feature the Witch for Mercury? <laughs> no, no. The, yes, uh, yeah. this episode is titled "Father and Child." And yeah. we find out what all, all uh, our friend Bob, Bob has been up to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob, so I was, was... I was to, to relate a bit to like the previous episode. I think when we were watching, like, because at the start of this episode is like Nika being savagely beaten by by Norea or whatever, yes. because like, oh, you you ratted us out, and uh, all of the Arthians are gonna die. Are you happy like, now? Because a key thing here is at the end of the first of these two episodes, yes, Nika rats out the truth of the Earth terrorists to, I I guess the space cops. I guess you know, right, right. Then and is picked up by Shadik's people before she can do yeah. it for for reals. But yeah, but, but what like, this does yeah. is this gives the Benaret group the location of the the uh, mm-hmm. what is it? Their their their, their, their actual like organization compound. name is what? is uh, like is Dawn of the Fold. Fold I think yeah, uh, the Dawn of the Fold compound, right? Where we find out it is it is not just a terrorist organization; it is a refugee camp. It is, you know, a uh, it is a community of civilians and children included. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was initially a little put off at the start of this episode because obviously Norea is savagely right. beating Nika, and Nika says that like 
basically that you know it's it's some like it's some it's a, it's a, it's like some centrism you're, shit right she's saying that yeah, oh the earthians are going too far mm-hmm. right you're fighting as no, status quo too hard in the wrong way right. and norea responds people are going to die because of you and at first you go oh well because nika is the sympathetic character you're meant to like agree with her right and then the rest of the yeah, episode they- happens that proves Norea was actually completely right. Nika kills. She did not pull the trigger, but blood is on Nika's hands by the end of this episode. Yeah. Like, innocent people are dead because of what she's done. And you can argue, like, that, like, she had her, she had legitimate motivations to do what she had done, or that, you know, the Earthian terrorists potentially had gone too far. But at the end of it, the core of this episode is that the Benaret group is committed to using, you know, its violence to enforce its imperialist status quo by any means necessary, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's no, there, there aren't arrests being made here. There's no sanctions happening. The Benaret group essentially sends a kill squad right. to, and then to they wipe sure, out this camp. But then they also make sure to, like, specify, it's not their, like, special anti-Gundam kill squad. It's just their regular security dudes. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's just like this the cops. A, uh, special, <laughs> it's not even SWAT. It's just the cops, right? And and what we get is one of the hardest fucking fights I have seen. In <laughs> yeah, G-Man. this is uh, this is what I was talking about with the other the incident of yeah. catnip yeah, for G yeah. here. Uh, so no Gundams this episode. It's purely a fight between the Dawn of the Fold and and the Benaritz enforcers, right? And so it's basically just like grunt on grunt action. No Gundams. No special prototypes. Just a bunch of fucking hard fucking dudes fighting for their life with their outdated <laughs> machinery and equipment. And it's uh-huh. raw, dude. I love this episode. <laughs> like this, this is the kind of episode that like I don't Okay, if I'm being hundred percent honest, I wish Gundam was like this all the time, but I recognize it can't be. So when it does happen, I get pretty fucking excited. Because like mm-hmm. this is what like Kyokai you know, Senki should have been. Uh, yes, it really is what Kyokai Senki should have should been. Should have been um, Iron Blood Orphan should have been like uh Yes, but but what this episode gets at is like it reminds you that war fucking sucks when you don't have a cool robot. I mean, these robots are cool, wow, cool but, robot. they are, but they are not cool enough. To, these robots are not cool enough to survive a point blank shot to the chest, you know? which is what yeah. happens a weird amount of times in this episode. They they can't just uh, think, hey, I I'd fry that person's brain and then you win mm-hmm. automatically. Yes, no, you have like, to. Uh, yeah, I mean. The Dawn of the Folds mechs don't even have lasers, right? They're using physical ammunition. And right. we see multiple times it bounces off the Benaric group's right. mechs like, harmlessly. The only projectiles at work is when, like, the truck with the missile pod just with the rockets, up- yeah. dumps all of them at, like, point-blank yeah. range. Yeah, right. and it's like... And it tells you that. It's like, it shows you the power differential, right? Like, the Earth, the Earthians are, like... I mean, the Earthians are killed to... In, there's there's a single sole survivor of of the Earthian side, right? right? It takes all of their efforts to take out essentially four cops, yeah, like four cops in mechs. Like these even these even these aren't even their spec ops. This isn't their SWAT. This isn't even their best of the best. They sent four beat cops to wipe <laughs> out a homeless encampment, and it took almost everything they had just to fight them off, and. It reminds you that the next time Suleta chops up like eight of these dudes without breaking a sweat, like mm-hmm. the terrifying difference in power, that different yeah. 
factions have access to and that different factions are allowed to monopolize. You right? can see why the they Venera? would like call them witches or something, right? It's, yes. it's like a terrifying sort of almost supernatural power compared yeah. to what they're working with, yeah. Right, like, and, and it makes sense that the Benaret group is terrified because the witches represent the only thing that can challenge their monopoly on violence, right? We see from this fight, like, we don't know if the Dawn of the Fold is the only rebel force on Earth, but they're the prominent one we've been shown, and we just shown that the best of their best can at best, like, mm-hmm. right, fight to a draw. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, it's, it's, um... This this is the kind of stuff that I I live for in real robot anime, and <laughs> I love it because not only is it a good fight, not only is it a cool robot moment, but it does a fantastic job of reinforcing G Witch's themes, which means that it's not just a good fight; it it evokes, it 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 it, it reminds you at its core what this story is about. Right, it's a yeah. it's a it's a val- it's a valuable contributing piece to the story. In addition to Wow Cool Robot, yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, yeah. also, you know, just a really fucking <clears throat> like fucking drive the screws in, right? Guel find this episode ends with Guel finding Dead his kids. conviction after failing to save a child. Dead kids, right Dead on kids. camera this week. Yeah. Oh man, not pulling its punches. I, no. I do. I I do love it because I mean, I'm I'm not saying this just because I'm bloodthirsty, but like, you know, the Gundam duels have been fun, but there's also a certain pageantry to them, right? It's yeah, it's, right. they're not they're not going to be deadly, and it's yeah. it is kind of all for show. This Gundam's right. all for show. Yeah, the worst thing that happens to you in a duel is your pride gets hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're the first Elan clone you get put into a microwave chamber. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it uh-huh. is. But, like, this shit reminds you that, like, I mean, this is what Sophie was telling Soletta in the first of these two episodes. Why do you pilot the Gundam? You know, you know, Soletta's like, no, the Gundam's for good. And Sophie's like, then why does it have a gun? Yes. <laughs> you know? Tool yeah. for violence. And this, this is all, yeah, I mean. is a tool of justice. <laughs> yeah and they they really kind of hammer home the whole like you said the themes like what is the title of this episode like uh father, father and child and child yeah right. like you know all these all these kids that have been you know raised with certain ideologies by their parents that are now getting challenged right like that's like whether it's our friend Bob there uh-huh. or <laughs> Sul- Sul- well, not, not this Suleta latest episode, Mirene, previous yeah. episode, Sul- yeah, Sul- but Suleta and Mirene are both Mirene. She kind of gets her, her moment at the very, very end, right. Post post ED. Right. Um, mm-hmm. where, where, uh, I don't know who that guy, I don't remember who that guy was that she was talking to. I think that was Probably. like Del- Delling's like main like, lieutenant. It, his or, main like assistant yeah. or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. He tells her, you know, you're not your father. You have to make your own decisions, mm-hmm. you know, they're really hammering that home with all this, right? Right. I mean, so. I think a big theme of G-Witch will be which of these children will inherit the sins and the guilt of their predecessors and which will forge a new path. I mean, the reason mm. I, I will admit, I'm very worried about Guel now because my hope was that Guel seeing the violence enacted upon Earthians by the Spacians would like make him go native and radicalize him into an Earthian terrorist. But But instead the episode ends with him doubling down on being his father's son. I have to go Um, back to space, tell my brother. Right. 
Yeah. And I mean, I mean, not necessarily for purely selfish means, right? What what he said, mm-hmm. what, what Google admittedly does say specifically is, I don't want to lose anything else that connects me to my father. Right. The, the implication obviously being his brother, right? Lauda, right? Like mm-hmm. he is he is returning <laughs> to the Jaturk fold to save his family or what it's, is left of his yeah. family. It's still very but funny also, that like the thing that makes him stop being catatonic is here that Jaturk's about to go bankrupt. Hey, look, he's still a rich kid at heart, you know? Which means, <laughs> which means Lauda is in trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so I think that, like, if... I I hate to say it. I I, I wanted my boy to make it through the show so badly. I feel like <laughs> Guel wrote his death sentence in this episode. Mm. Him, like, if 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 the goal of Suleta and Miorine is to escape from the sins of their parents... He's right. going to be the example of uh, not... Yes, escaping. I think <laughs> yes. so. And it breaks my heart. You know, I I I, I love Poor my Bob. dipshit son. I love Bob. He, he he was tried so hard for a while and uh-huh, he, yeah. he just couldn't <laughs> escape. He could Living not escape the, the gravity. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh the show I think we've talked about how the show's storytelling is economical and like yeah. circle back to what I was like saying earlier about like Call of the Night and, and Insomniac after school or like yeah, being able to by having like big robots and explosions and these extremely dramatic like yeah operatic things happening like helps to hammer those themes home of like very quickly and strongly. Right here is this dead yeah. child, like you yeah. know, because we and don't it, have because we don't have fifty two episodes in this show. And it is a it is a it is a fine that. line you have to walk between. Yeah. like oh, totally right. Doing yes. doing doing just enough, you know. It's the, you can be economical, but you still have to do enough, yeah, for it to to buy into it and not just be like, you know, throwing it out there and mm-hmm. saying "cry, damn it" or whatever, right? You're but right. um, it's a fine line that I think they're mostly walking mostly. well. Yeah, I mean, I so I was. Far. It is a little. It's a little. It's a little over the top, but the I think I like, think they I, are. I'm out here laughing at how they're pointing a dead child because it's like incredibly over the top, but also like I am like appreciating what they're doing with it, right? On yeah, level. it's still it's can, still we, effective. We can, we can both we can recognize apple. it as melodramatic and then still be emotionally affected by it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's they're they're walking that line pretty good. Yeah, which is like and that like that's that feels very Gundam to me, right? Like yeah, you can show That's this dead child. will show this dead child on screen, just straight in the middle of the camera, and I will laugh and I will think, "Wow, war is fucked up." Because, like in the same way that like we're watching Gundam F ninety one or something, and that bullshit hit that lady on the head, and I will laugh, and I will also go, "Man, that's fucked up." Yes, this yeah, is bad. I, I, yeah. Yes. Right. It's. it's... Gundam has always been melodramatic. It has always been mm-hmm. operatic. And I think at its best, it is cases like G-Witch where it uses its operatic nature to to lean into its strengths. Yeah. Yeah. Good show. So it's back. do we think... Uh, what do you think? What do we think Mirini is going to do? Because uh, I, I feel like that's the least predictable thing to me right now. I feel I think- like this heavily depends on... I mean, we we're starting to get an idea of what Plant Zero is, but we still don't really like know concretely what Plant Zero is, and I think that will very much come down mm-hmm. to how Mio Rene responds to discovering whatever that is. I think this is. I think we'll, we'll like ambiguously float the idea of her her like 
working on this thing and you know eventually it'll be revealed that that quiet zero is bad and you know then it will come into question of is Mirina like going to do the bad thing for you know her own reasons and then she's, and then, she's gonna and then, choose to be her you know, own person and yes with the help with whatever. a little help from her 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 groom right uh yeah. or like hand the switch to Soleta or something you know <laughs> yeah Soleta Soleta will have to put a bullet into into Ari <laughs> <laughs> I oh god I don't think so. okay. I don't think they'll go I that far. Say, I, I, yes. I, I'm kidding, I think but... I do think Aerie is not going to survive this show. I mean, you arguably she's already not survived this show. Right, she's in right. a fucking gundam. But um mm-hmm. if, I mean that's gonna be the thing. I mean, I'm just I think saying, like, the the, the, here, right? like like because <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, because the thing I was gonna say is if you guys have read the novel, the the mini novel from like uh, season for, one. For season one of G Wish, I did not. Yeah. But okay, I I'm gonna be real, guys. I think you have to read it. I think this gives like it, yeah. very important context to, to to the story. But the long and short of it is that this novella is told from Ariel's perspective. Yeah, and at the time, it was ambiguous. Like, is this meant to be like a plot? Like, is this meant to be literally from or like, or the, the Gundam's like, perspective, or just like animism? Like, right, right, and. I mean, I think now we know the answer, but right, um, right. very specifically, uh, a point in the novella is that Ariel opposes Lady Prospera's plans. She opposes yeah. her own mother. She actually but, but, but pleads like, right. she, like, to her mother. She like, cannot go against it either, right? Yes, yeah. She pleads to her mother to not to not involve Soleta in her grand plan. And right. but but at the same time she cannot fight back against it, right? There is an implied whatever sentience exists in the Gundam Ariel, there are also things Some in place that limitations, limitations right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the novella basically concludes, and this is, goes along with the lyrics of the first OP, mm-hmm. is that the Gund- Gundam Ariel has 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 committed that no matter what happens, no matter what path Suleta goes down, no matter what happens to her she will always be she will always have Soleta's back right regardless of what choice mm-hmm. she makes even if it's against their own mother Ariel will back Soleta oh, and man, I think right are they gonna have to like literally fight is Lady Prospera gonna get in a actually the data a, storm uh, I think permit score five uh that is going to be the key, the linchpin of right. the finale. She's gonna have to show, get, right? get in the next get in the next prototype. Uh, I just I just for Ariel. see I just see in my mind's eye like a situation where because Ariel has been plugged into Quiet Zero and it is the linchpin to the network or whatever. Like yeah, we'll have to destroy Ariel and you know Suleta and Ariel will have a talk in the, the mind dimension or whatever and, you know and. You know, naked if space you, floating. If you hold, if you hold yeah, naked space we're definitely going to get naked space if, if you hold, at some point. If you hold back and you know you and stay with stay with me, you gain one. But if you move forward and you know blow me up, you'll gain two. Soleta, all right? Okay. Shoot me, Soleta. You know, to gain you know, it's, two. Like, it's like when, uh, it's like when, uh, <laughs> it's like it, it's like when freaking in Kill Kill when uh, said Ketsu's like girls got to outgrow her school uniform. You <laughs> God. Oh God! All right. Have, right. Is, is that is 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 that is Ariel's gonna burn up in the atmosphere? Yeah, 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 yeah. Save Suleta. Hey, look, you gotta have you gotta have a reentry. <laughs> no. All right. 
I think uh, oh, I think man. we'll end on uh, before we get into a kill a kill tangent. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, no, that's good. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, good prediction. I think of the general idea of where we're headed. But yeah. Um. All right. Well. That continues to be great. So we got. Some, I mean, those three ongoing shows we're talking about here are some real, <laughs> real bar like, burners. Yeah, I, those alone are, are making this a real enjoyable I mean, season. And, for and me. I'll point out again, we haven't even talked about Vinland Saga, which oh, no. is also airing this season. Yeah, yes. and there's some stuff to talk about with like Kamargeets. <laughs> yeah. So when we, as some of these are going to come off the books next week, we'll have yeah. time to get back to the ongoing, the other ongoing shows that we're prior to this season right so a lot lot to watch it's pretty pretty yeah. solid it's pretty solid season yeah so. solid collection i'd say all right that's gonna do it for this episode then so let's do our housekeeping you can uh check us out at theglorioblog.com where we have written about a bunch of other shows that we didn't have time to talk about today most of them were bad but you can <laughs> you can hear me talk about the. Uh, I don't even remember the names of them. They've already gone out of my out of my brain at this point. But I've watched quite a few other bad shows as well for for first looks. Um, you need to check us out on Twitter. Still, still there. We don't have a blue check mark. Uh, we need to get a free one <laughs> at uh, at at Glorio blog at Glorio blog. I I I never write down yeah, the Twitter right. actually. I think it's at Glorio. <laughs> it's not it's not the Glorio blog. It's at Glorio blog, right? And yeah, then. Uh, yeah. And then uh, co-host is at Glorio. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and of course YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring that notification bell, leave us a comment, tell us uh, what shows that we missed, because there's a lot of them we didn't talk about out there. Maybe we missed something. Let us know. Uh, Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And we'll catch everybody next time. 